Hello everyone, this is episode number 112 of the Classic Gaming Podcast. Today's date is December, December, December 7th, 2018. I'm Robert Ring. With me, as always, a little bit later in the evening than usual, is Mr. J. Totoro. Hello, Did, can you say September? September. Okay. It sounded like you were saying December over and over and over. I, I was saying, I said Simber on accident the first time, oh, and then, okay. I just, then I just rolled with it. Gotcha. Okay. No worries. <clears throat> um, yes, it is already September, though. Do you have, are there, do you have words that you, like, physically can't say? Yeah, there's certain ones I struggle with. Uh, really? I can't think of any, I can't think of any offhand. Yeah, I've tried to, like, I've even, like, trained my brain. And, uh-huh. Like, I, a lot of times when I come across them, when I'm going to say them in a sentence, I will, like, stop for a second and just make <laughs> and sure I think of I another way to say it. Yeah, there's a couple. A lot of them are like, they're not, the ones I usually have trouble with aren't like simple words. They're usually multiple, like many syllables or like, I don't know. They're just annoying words for me to say. I also talk really fast, so it makes it really difficult. I don't have any words like that, but on it, but like strangely, the, the only one that I do have trouble with sometimes is my own name. <laughs> really? Because like, I don't know, from when I was little, I used to have a little bit of trouble with my R's. Um, and so like, I mean, like if I say, Robert, like that doesn't sound weird, but sometimes if I'm saying it like in the flow of a sentence and I have a little bit of trouble with it, but, um, my aunt cannot say almonds. <laughs> she, I don't know. Well, like, how does it come out? She just, she says, Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Like think about that. that. That's like, that's like some of your code is scratched or something. Like that's so interesting. <laughs> I know it really is. Huh. Kind of cool. Anyway. I mean, not, not really, but you know. Yeah. No, it's, it's interesting. There you go. That's the word I was looking for. I can't say that word, so I just said cool. <laughs> I discovered a uh, YouTube channel called Defunct Land. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> Where'd you think that was going? I don't know. I was looking for, like, Honey Pop fanboys. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Those are... I can tell you all about those, too, if you want. Um, but, uh... And it's, it's called Defunct Land, and it's this guy who... I don't know where the fuck he gets all his research material from, but he does all these videos on, like, the history of, like... Disney World and Disneyland and stuff like that and like okay. specific rides and stuff like rides that like they don't have anymore like why this shut down why that shut down like why this venture turned out to be a disaster or like with this thing like history of Space Mountain like why it's so good and stuff it's uh it's incredibly interesting I so random. I yeah it's really random I don't know like how I discovered it but uh he's he's been doing it for like a year or so and he has all these videos that like are astoundingly well-researched. Like, I do not know where he gets his stuff from, but, like, he knows, like, specific, even, like, specific individual parts of rides. Like, there's a piano, and he's like, yeah, this ride shut down, but now the piano is part of this ride now. Like, he he goes that in-depth into it. I would, uh, even if you're not, like, a Disney fan, his his stuff is really interesting. He talks a lot about, uh, he's got a lot of stuff about, like, when when, uh, Michael Eisner was the CEO and like all this like weird shit that he did and like how he kind of like destroyed like the second half of his, uh, his career at Disney by just doing like stupid stuff over and over. Jesus. It's a, uh, it's very interesting. Anyway, that's really random, but I just wanted to throw that out there cause I've been sort of like binging on his videos cause, uh, they're so good. Anyway. Okay. I like when I come across stuff like that. It's like just random YouTube channels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what you been up to? Anything special? Um, the WoW expansion dropped what, like twenty days? Oh ago? right, yeah. Pro- I guess I guess since in between the last yeah. two episodes, since it's been so long. How? What do you think of it? It's it's okay. It's not. It's pretty much what I think I expected. It's kind of just a repeat of the last expansion they did. It just. I think a lot of people 
play for the first couple months and then it'll die. That's kind of how the expansions go these days, sort of, isn't it? Or yeah. Is it, is that yeah, right? I know. It's, that's right. Yeah, usually, like, I, I already know. I have a bunch of people who are already on. So it, it's crazy. Like, I don't know. There's just a. It's fun. Like, Arena's fun. Doing Arena and PvP is, is relatively fun. Uh, mm-hmm. But what I just hate is there's just these grindy, repeatable world quests that you have to do every day. And I'm like, this is just pointless. Like, there's just no point to doing and it's like I, hmm. I, I've always really disliked the idea of daily quests because it's basically saying you have to log on because otherwise you're going to fall behind. And it's like, no, nah, I'm just not going to do them. Then I don't give a fuck. Like, what? What, what does that matter? It's just, yeah. I don't know. The, the recipe that they're using right now ain't perfect. There's some things that are good about it, but I, I'm just not surprised. I guess. Okay. I don't. Know. It's all right. It's very casual. But it's all right. Gotcha. All right. Well, let's jump into news. Okay. Got a few things here on the old news list. Uh, you heard the about Twitch Prime no longer being ad-free anymore? No, really? <laughs> yeah. So Twitch Prime, which is like the paid version of Twitch, which you also get if you have Amazon Prime, you like automatically get Twitch Prime. Uh, so I believe that, like, for instance, I have it, even though I don't really use, you know, I don't really watch Twitch that much. They announced that... Uh, on Twitch, like, you know, one of the big features of paying for Twitch was not having to watch ads, but they changed oh. that now. So, like, even if you're a Twitch Prime member, you still have to see that you still get shown so, the ads. So they've really been spanking their um, creators lately. They uh, they did the other change, which I saw, which was the uh, streamer is responsible for the chat. So if the chat is screaming racial or sexist or inappropriate things. And the host is not moderating it properly. The mo- or the, excuse me, the the person streaming is not moderating it properly. They will get banned. Interesting. I haven't heard too many. I've heard a couple ridiculous cases about it, but nothing too serious. But I, I just yeah, I was about like, to say like I wonder how you know like I can I can understand the reason behind it because I'm sure you get plenty of people who like don't care or like you know sure. borderline do things to kind of encourage it maybe even you know sure. and i'm sure that's what they're trying to get rid of but at the same time twitch is so inconsistent in the way that they regulate stuff or like you know yeah that's what I, that's, their... that was my thought as well yeah it sounds like a big recipe for disaster yeah they are man they are just not doing the right things right now what's going on here <laughs> so they said that like they they claim that this is like to help support the creators but it's bullshit that's gonna yeah. make people stop like people are gonna <laughs> clearly unsub. not um, why, why would you ever like I'll be honest with you other other than to support your favorite streamer the only other reason was to get well sometimes you got some random benefits from the streamer but to not watch ads yeah that's pretty I mean there are some other things that you get like every once in a while you get like Hearthstone loot boxes or like shit like that and so I think that's what they're trying to push as the value proposition here but that's not really I don't think anybody cares about that kind of stuff yeah this is a uh, this is interesting i'm kind of curious to see how this is going to affect people but i don't anticipate people being too thrilled about this no I mean, every everybody seemed pretty they pretty much there it, it was pretty much uh, across the board like what the fuck is going on here they do have an ad free like a heightened premium version that you can pay for that is ad free which is twitch turbo and it's 8.99 a month <clears throat> So, uh, man, Adblock has never looked so good. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> like, it, it's so funny to me. Sometimes I'll turn off Adblock because I'm like, okay, you know, I really want to support this streamer. Like, I enjoy watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same here. But it's like, 
generally speaking, it, it's really funny. So I actually, I have really bad experiences with their ads. So sometimes I will open up a stream and I will get like, I will get like 15 or 16 ads in a row. Just nonstop 15, 16 ads. <laughs> really? And if, yeah, it's crazy. And I'll like restart the stream. I'll close my window. I'll reopen it. Like I'll try different things because I'm like, oh, something's wrong. And then there's this ad right now that they're using for Old Spice. When you're on mobile, it starts to lag. Oh, no. And so the last like three seconds of the ad are more like 90 seconds. <laughs> what the fuck? So you have to watch this entire ad. And then it's just this Old Spice logo lagging for 90 seconds. The hell? It's, I know. It's crazy. Like every time I jump, that's why like I really, it's weird, but I, I feel no guilt over using Adblock. Sometimes. I'm just like, your ads are so aggressive and just obnoxious. Yeah. It's just terrible. So that unfortunately was going on. That's unfortunate. I mean, that's that's really sad. The, the creators of uh, like even you, the YouTube creators were getting shit on too. Like not recently, but was that towards the end of last year? I think. Is what it was. I don't remember. I don't not remember good. That. No. There you have it. Um, then a few other things, mostly uh, old games coming out or being announced, and or you know re-releases and that kind of stuff is what we got the rest of the news here. So first off, Night Trap is now available on Switch. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to play that and you want to for historical reasons because the game itself is pretty shit, then that's that's there. That's going on. Uh, Zone of Enders 2 Remaster just came out on Steam and PS4. The uh, They announced a remaster for a game that you and I like very much that we both played for the podcast. Okay. Anamusha. Oh, really? For what? Yeah. Uh, I don't know... If they've announced what it's on, it seems like it's going to be on, like, most things. Uh, I'm not sure, though. It's coming out in January, though. And then uh, they announced Streets of Rage 4. That's going to be, um, oh, no platform or release date on that one. Sad times. Yeah. And then finally, Shenmue 1 and 2 are being re-released for Windows, X-Bone, and PS4. X-Bone, too. Yep. And uh, that's all I, I got for news. I haven't heard that before. That's funny. Yeah. You're so clever sometimes. I am. You're just so random sometimes, you know? <laughs> sure. I know. I know. Um, before we jump into games, I want to announce that the, that the next episode is going to be the one where we discuss our game of the quarter. Our game of the quarter is uh, Quest for Glory, the first one. And so, uh, this is if if you're not if you haven't been listening, this is a game that Jay and I are both going to play, and we are sort of. Uh, um, Come on, you got what's, what's the word I'm thinking of? You got this. I have faith. Come on. Not, not convincing, not persuading, encouraging. There we go. Threatening. There it is. Threatening, threatening all of our listeners. Better play. <laughs> to also play. And um, uh, we want you guys to write in and tell us what you think about uh, the game of the quarter. This is kind of, since we always play different games, me and Jay, we thought it'd be fun for us both to play the same one every now and then. And also it's a fun way to include uh, you guys. So game of the quarter, we are going to to discuss in the next episode, which should be recorded on September 21st. Again, that is the PC game, Quest for Glory. If you, uh, well... I'm, I'm assuming most people probably don't have it. You can get it on GOG. I don't know about Steam, but uh, it's it's like 
$6.99 or $5.99 for the whole Quest for Glory series on GOG. So you can get it there if you want to play it and write in your thoughts uh, about the game. And with can that, I write in my thoughts about it? Huh? Can I write in my thoughts about it? Yeah, you can. You can just talk about it and then also write in an email and we'll read the email too. All right, you want to go to games? Sure. Let's do it. What do you want to talk about? I want to talk about... Um, yeah, I want to talk about what you've been playing. Let's well, hear from you first. One? Oh, shit. Oh, shit. No. Uh, Greater so, than one. Well, let's be, well, I'm going to be a little bit more... Kind of joke. But no, I, I did play two games, but they are related to each other. Okay. Mario uh, the reason, two? Close. Very close, actually. Uh, I have been investing a lot of my time playing the new expansion for a while, so I haven't had too much time to play things. But uh, I've been my downtime of playing WoW. I've been playing uh, the original Donkey Kong and then the second one as well. Donkey Kong um, Jr.? Uh, Donkey <laughs> Kong, the arcade version. Well, the what's, original. Well, what, what do you, what do you, what's the second one? Um, so there is... Let me just link it to you. Hold on one second. So is there is... Sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, so somebody actually uh, took the original Donkey Kong, the arcade one, and did like added some extra levels to it, and people call it Donkey Kong 2. Oh, it's so, it's of, like a, so it's like a fan-made? Yeah, kind of. It's, okay. Yeah, I believe so. Like, I, I, didn't do, I didn't see who created it necessarily, but I was watching, um, I was watching this guy stream it a couple weeks ago, and it looked interesting because I, I, re- I remember playing through a lot of the first one, the arcade one, and I was like, oh, these levels, I don't remember any of these levels. Like, I, I was, like, thinking, like, oh, I didn't get that far. Like, there must be so many levels. <laughs> no, there's, it, whoever designed the levels actually did a pretty good job. And, like, the balance of it is it's actually pretty cool. Um, but, so, let me talk about it. So, the first one, Donkey Kong, came out in 1981. Um, I want to ask you, the arcade version, did it have the, the hammers? The, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why, but I thought the arcade version didn't have the hammers. I, I, I don't know why I had hmm. that in my brain. I guess I just remember it. Okay, um, so Donkey Kong came out in 1981. Obviously, everybody knows it. Uh, you play as Mario. You're rescuing, rescuing Peach from uh, Donkey Kong. And the objective is to climb to the top of uh, these structures as these barrels are coming down. Um, very simple mechanics. You can either move left or right, up or down if there are ladders. And then you can obviously jump over the barrels as well. Um, so two things. So wh- one thing is I love the sound effects of this game. It's Oh, so yeah. It, <laughs> It's so funny when you're moving. I love that. I love that. Like I, there were part. I died a couple times because, like, when I was waiting for a barrel to run at me, I would move back and forth just because I wanted to hear the noise, and then I'd <laughs> mess up and die. And it, it happened a couple times when I was towards the top, and I was so annoyed. Like it was just, it was driving me nuts. Um, That's awesome. This game's a, a, a very, very simple. I, I don't even. I guess it's a. I was trying to think of. It, I guess it is kind of a puzzle game. I was trying to think, like, yeah, I guess it's kind of puzzle. I would just call it a platformer. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's probably the best. I, way to I guess. I mean, yeah. It's yeah, kinda, like, it's kind of unique. It's kind of so simple. Like, is the yeah, exactly. Categorized. That's the right way to put it. It's so simple. Uh, the sound effects are fantastic. The music when you uh, start a level is is great. I love it. It's the, it's just the same thing over and over and over. But it's just it gets you kind of amped up going into it. Are you um, do, do, yeah. Do, yep. do, 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 do. <laughs> I love that uh, too. I know the final part gets me good. Yeah. Um, so as you obviously, the, it's this game is, is not necessarily easy. Like Robert said, it's simple, but it's not necessarily easy, and it can be very frustrating because right. the barrels, as they're coming down, usually he'll launch one, and then he'll launch a second one, and then he'll wait a couple seconds, and then usually launch one and then a second one. The, 
problem is as the barrels are going down, they also use the ladders, but it's not consistent. So if the, yeah, you never know if it's going to come down right. a ladder or not. So if you're climbing up a ladder and a barrel's going by, there's a 150% chance that it's going to roll down on top of you and kill you. <laughs> so uh, essentially what you have to do is, is, you know, make as much progress as possible. Don't be overly greedy. If you're near a ladder and a barrel's walking by, you avoid the ladder at all costs or get ready to jump the second barrel starts coming down. And the barrels move much faster than you climb ladders and that you move. So you're not you're not getting away. Like you have to either jump over it or avoid it. And the first level, it's it's very simple. And they, I think it's a good introductory to the game. It's a little bit punishing. You get to understand the the strangeness that is the mechanics of this game because your movements are a little bit wonky and you it's almost it's not laggy, but the inputs just aren't perfect, I would say. And so there are times when I've died when I can, can guarantee that I did the right thing mechanically. It just didn't didn't react the way I wanted it to. Um, but as you progress through the game, you it, it, what threw me off a lot, Robert. I don't know if you, if you noticed this, but the level doesn't change until you finish the series. You know what I'm talking about? No. So you beat the first level, the level um, number doesn't change to two. You beat the second level, it doesn't change. to Oh, two. I got gotcha. you. Third level. So it when you go on the two. one where it's like the elevators and the in the little like trampolines yeah. that he's throwing at you, it still says level one. Yeah, I, okay. I, I was I was really confused. I was like, oh, I must be playing a broken version or something. Because I was like, why is the level not changing? And I was like, oh, well, the levels are changing, but the icon or the, the number, the numerical value is not changing. I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird. But uh, so as I kind of progressed the game, I got uh, to 2-2, and it started to get a little bit crazy for me. The levels start to get a little bit longer. And it, it's so funny because when you fall in the later level, some of the later levels, you don't die. And you almost want to die because... <laughs> When you work your when you're working your way up, when you fall, it's a lot of progress to lose. And a lot of times when you fall and don't die, you're actually in a worse spot than you would be if you just started from the beginning because <laughs> you more than likely have to go back towards the beginning in order to get up a ladder or some sort of elevation gain. Um, so the second one, the one that I was playing that, that, that is this kind of modded thing, one thing I love is I was like, oh, man, I'll give this a try because people were talking about it and they were saying, you know, it's, it's really well done. I was like, okay, cool. So I booted it up and... The the fucking main theme song was the Donkey Kong Country theme song. I was like, oh, I love that song. It's such a good song. Like, yeah, it I is. can play it in my head right now. And uh, so I was, I was really excited to hear that song because I just really like it. But the, the actual game, uh, the inputs are definitely smoother. The levels have a, a better variety to them, I would say. Um, I feel like they had took some creative risks with it. But uh, it's, it's pretty cool. I didn't get super far in this one. I got to, I think I finished the first series of levels. And then on the first one, I got a little over halfway done with the second one. But it is interesting to me to look back at this game and just think of all the things that they try to do with this game. Or the, Like, this is, what, 30, 40, almost 40 years ago? Yeah. And to look at that game and to see how much how much can be taken from that over time. And just to, just to think how much... I can't even imagine working on a project like that because you there is no standard, right? Like today, when you're making a video game, there's all these examples. There's so much stuff in the past that you can look at, but they were working on this idea that hadn't been done before. Like I, I cannot imagine the feeling of right. And, and like you said, it's not a super complex game by any means, but at that time, I'm sure people were just completely blown away by it. What's your favorite level? First of all, I love that you went super old school on this one. Um, yeah. What's your favorite level? So there's, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's, you know, the first one that everybody knows where it's yeah. all the platforms and you're climbing up ladders. And then there's a yeah. second one where it's like tons of elevator things and the uh, stuff he's thrown at you is the trampolines that like bounce up and down that are kind of difficult. And then um, 
The other one I remember is where you have to like walk over the little, you walk over these little things and it makes them disappear and you have to make all of them disappear. And then you like fall, it like collapses and he falls down. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I didn't actually know that the first time. That one took me a couple of playthroughs. Because oh, I actually you didn't really, know how to do it? No, and I got really tilted. And I was like, <laughs> oh. And I figured, I was, I was like, God, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm such a jackass. Like, I should have realized that. So is, are those the only three? That's, those are the only three I can remember. Um, yeah, those are. So I'm trying to think which one. I mean, the first level is just such a class. It, it's so iconic. It's hard not to be my favorite one from it, <coughs> even though it probably is the simplest one. I'm trying to think. None of the levels, like, I would say the levels that I played of this this other version, some of them are really interesting. But not to take away from the original Donkey Kong, but I don't know. None of the levels really stood out to me. I do like the, I, I like the visuals of the platforms on the ropes that move up and down. I don't know why, but I think they, they're really Oh, no, I agree. I agree with you. I don't know. Donkey Kong is so funny, too. Like, I, I caught myself looking at him numerous times just because he looks like a fucking jackass. <laughs> <laughs> he just grins like a fool. He does look, he does look kind of funny. So did you do? You, did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was it was it was fun. I I like doing stuff like this because I'm like, oh, I could you know destroy this game. Like I'm gonna do so I'm gonna be so good at this. And right, right. You get, you get just demolished. Your ego just gets flat, and you're like, oh my gosh. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. So it, it was fun. I actually enjoyed the challenge. It's not a super difficult game, but at the same time, it has its has its struggle points. I did get frustrated a few times and had to you know take some breaks, but it's 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 fun. It's definitely it, it's exactly what I what I expected from it. Sure. Nothing more. Nothing. When are you going to do a one on one with uh, Billy Mitchell? Oh yeah, well, can I cheat? Yeah, yeah. I mean that's how that's that's the only way to play against him. Killer. Okay, that's awesome. Is that so? That's it for you, DK one and the in uh, a fan made number two. Yeah. All right. Sweet. Well, I've got a few games to talk about. Let's start off. Start off a little bit. We'll, we'll do this. I'm going to start off a little bit on the simpler side as well. Not not quite not Donkey Kong simple, but uh. We're going to go with Gradius for NES. Oh. Well, actually, this was originally an arcade game, but uh, I played the NES version, which came out in 1985. And so this is a, uh, a shmup in space. You are, you know, it's basically kind of like like an, like like our type. It's a side-scrolling shmup. You are uh, a spaceship. You're shooting bad guys. And this is the type of game where if you get hit one time, then you die. You get, um, as you kill guys, there are some guys that are... You know, so it's just typical kind of spaceships flying at you and shooting at you. And then some are like on some parts of the game, there's like a ceiling in the ground below you. Sometimes it's just open space. And sometimes it's like mostly open space with a ceiling in, a, with, in, in ground. And there are some enemies that crawl on the ceiling or crawl on the ground or whatever. There are every once in a while, there are orange enemies. And if you shoot one of those, then it drops a power up and you can get that. And power ups, they kind of work sort of interesting in this game. As you get more so basically when you get a power up you don't you don't have to <clears throat> essentially cash it in and get the power up immediately what you can do is the more you get there's a little bar at the bottom and like the first one you get is like speed upgrade but then if you like don't press whatever but i think it's select or something to actually cash it in and get the speed upgrade uh-huh. then the next time you get one it goes up to the next thing which is like you drop like a bomb on the ground every time you shoot and then, like, there are, like, four or five total different upgrades. So you don't have to go straight for the speed. You can kind of save them up and, and get, you know, like, stronger weapons before you do that. Or So the so the way you, like, spend your power-ups is kind of up to you, which is kind of interesting, uh, you know, for a game this old, at least. Sure. But um, do, I could not get past the first fucking level. 
What? It's that bad? <laughs> like that difficult? It's that, so it's not in general, but there was just one specific part on the first level that I could not get past. So wow. you're flying along and killing bad guys and whatever, getting power-ups, and that's fine. You know, every once in a while, you, you do die just from getting shot by a guy, just because that happens. Uh, but then you get, but then there's this one part on the first level where there are these two, like you stop the, you know, it's, you know, in, in shmups, like the, you keep moving right forever. Like you never really speed up or slow down. Like the game scrolls at a constant rate. Well, there's this one part where it stops and there's these two, they look like mountains beneath you, but they're, they're basically volcanoes okay. and they start shooting shit out all over the place. And it goes so fucking fast. And like, I, the only way I can imagine that you could ever get past them is just to memorize exactly what the safe spaces to be on are on like for, for every given second. They go for like 10 seconds and they shoot out tons of shit that's covering the entire screen. And like I said, it's going super fast. It's not like most games like this where like maybe there's a boss that shoots like a spread of like a ton of things and then you have to dodge them. This goes like a hundred times faster than stuff like that. So I would like try to find a spot in like the corner of the screen or maybe like down below the ground or I tried so many different things and I could not get past these things because again, if just one of these fast fucking bullet little lava things hits you, then you die. That's all it takes. I literally could not get past it. I tried it probably 15 times and couldn't get past these two little volcanoes spewing lava bullets at me. So for, for what it's worth up until that, you know, the like, five like four minutes up until that point were pretty solid it seems like a pretty solid game it's pretty solid the um the 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 controls are are good the 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 shooting is good you know it's fun you know the power-ups are fun everything is uh is pretty good up to that point but i literally couldn't get past this part so i you know i i guess my <laughs> take you know take my input for what it's worth but um i i did think it was pretty fun up until then but i just literally couldn't get past it so there's gradius for the Nintendo. Next, I played uh, a Game Boy Advance game. Oh, oh! Did you play what I think you played? I don't think so. Okay. Well, well, I well, we'll see, but not yet, at least. Um, this one came out in two thousand three. This is WarioWare Inc. Oh, have you played this? No. Okay. <laughs> so it's actually kind of a hilarious game. So the premise is. Wario, uh, he sees something on TV, like, uh, about, like, how, I don't remember, I don't even remember, it's, like, about how video games are making so much money or something like that, and so he decides he wants to make games to become rich, and then he also gets, like, a ton of his friends to make some games also, and then the whole, the whole game is you playing these stupid games that they all made, and it's, like, basically, like, a hundred four-second long games, so, like, you will, basically, there, there are a bunch of different, uh, like, you, the interface when you're playing, it, it looks like you're looking at, like, a like a, like a computer desktop, basically, and you have all these different folders, and you pick which one you want to play, and then when you, you pick which one, and it basically takes you randomly through, like, I don't know, six or seven or eight games that are in that folder, more or less. And okay. then if you pick a different one, then there's like a, a, another different eight games or, or whatever. M- more or less, that's how it works. And so you pick a folder and you start playing the games in it. And it literally, each game lasts about, lasts four seconds. Sounds about right. And, <laughs> yeah. And they give you 
one word instructions for most of them. It'll say like dodge. And then the game starts and you're a car and you have to like dodge little boulders for four seconds and that's it. And then the game's over. And then one says pick and it's a nose and there's a finger going back and forth under it. And you have to press a right at the right point to where uh, when you press it, the finger goes up and picks the nose. And that what was do you good. want it to do, Robert? Come on. Well, no, I know. Yeah, I know. But it's funny. It's funny on that one because if you get it wrong, it'll like smash the middle of the nose. If like you hit the nose, like there are actual things oh, that happen geez. if you get it wrong. It's it's really funny looking. There's one that says like catch, and all it is is there's a hand at the top of the screen holding this rod, and there's a Wario hand at the bottom. And at some point, the hand at the top lets go, and you have to press A to catch the rod at the right time. There's one game. It says park, and you have to park a car in a in a parking Shut spot. Shut up! What? <laughs> All it is is there's a car driving, and you have to like press down That's when it gets so to the parking funny. spot. There's one where there's a girl, and she's like crying, and there's snot dripping out of her nose, and you have to mash A until she like sniffs the snot back into her nose. Oh, stop! What? There's one really? where yeah, there's one where it's a person swimming, and you just have to press like up and down to make him swim to the other edge of the screen. God. There, uh, there's one where they're like a sh- super shitty looking Mario versus shitty looking Bowser. They're like super awkward looking. And, uh, this one actually goes a number of different ways. Sometimes, sometimes you just have to basically mash a to like plow into Bowser. Sometimes you oh, have yeah. to like, <laughs> sometimes you have to, I think, I don't remember exactly. I think you have to like dodge a fireball that Bowser shoots at you. Just like stupid stuff like that. Uh, my favorite, my favorite one is there's one where it's like, a, basically a pac-man clone but it's the most simple game of pac-man you can possibly imagine it's basically like one square almost of an area that you can like traverse and there are four coins all right next to each other and you just have to go collect all the four coins um the art styles vary uh i was gonna wa- say that yeah. they, they really vary from one game to another sometimes it looks like you know like a two-year-old drew it with a crayon or like a pencil other times it looks like very detailed and like not realistic but like kind of like it was like going for you know like a realistic type look like in the swimming game it does uh some of them are just like some of them are really cartoony some of them look very kind of stereotypical video gamey some of them look like they were drawn in ms paint some of them are just like very, very awkward looking, like the Mario vs. Bowser game that I told you about. Uh, and so every once in a while, you get a confusing game. I, I can't think of any. Oh, you know, actually, like the parking one confused me at first because it's not so much that the game is is con- is inherently confusing, but it, you know, you get a one word instruction and then four seconds to look at the screen, absorb all of that's going on, figure out what you're trying to do, and then actually do it. So, like, the first time that you play some of these games, you're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do right now because there's, like, kind of so much going on at once and so little time to take it all in and execute that you can't figure out the very first time. So, like, I think the first parking game when I just, like, crashed. But uh, then I realized, like, all you literally what you do is, like, press down when you get next to the parking spot. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> so, um... You know, most of the games are usually pretty straightforward. Uh, most of them are pretty easy also, except for really the ones that are challenging are the ones that are based on timing. Like the uh, like where you have to catch the rod that the hand drops. Or there's one where uh, there's Wario and he's sitting at a bar and he snaps his finger and somebody slides him a drink down the bar and you have to press A at the right time to catch the drink when it gets to him. Uh, uh, I love it. Yeah. 
There's also a handful of, of longer, like not long, but you know, longer than four seconds, uh, like standalone games. Uh, there's one where you're basically like controlling a paper plane as it falls down these levels and you're trying to not hit the walls. And then another one of them is Dr. Wario. And it's literally Dr. Mario, except instead of, you know how Mario throws the pills into the jar? Well, the only difference is it's Wario throwing the pills. The The rest of the game is 100% exactly the they same thing. They didn't even thing. try. No. <laughs> so that was, that's kind of funny. Um, I, I really thought this was a very funny game because the games are so dumb. Uh, and it's, you know, the games are inherently dumb. And then the fact that they're, that they give you four seconds each, each time to play them is also kind of funny. Um, so I really like it in theory, but realistically after like playing for an hour or two, it just starts to kind of get old because like, you know, you get past the sort of the novelty of it. And like, you know, when you're first playing, you're like, Oh, this is hilarious. Like I'm supposed to just pick somebody's nose in this game or like park a car. Or there's one where it's, uh, where like it's, it's basically, uh, like super Mario brothers, the first one and you're Mario. And all you have to do is pick up a mushroom that comes out of a brick. So you just run over again and that's the game. So it's really funny, like playing these and being like, oh yeah, these games are hilariously stupid. But then after you, like I said, after you play it for like an hour or two, then the humor starts to kind of wear off. And basically you're just left with like a hundred dumb ass games. So I really like what they did with this game, but I, I, again, to me, the, uh, the, the fun aspect of it wears off relatively quickly to where it's not like something that I want to keep returning to. I, I could see like, as you play some, as you continue playing, basically you, when you're playing any group of game, you know, of these, of, of eight games or however many it is, um, it cycles through them randomly. And then every once in a while you get to like a sort like a quote unquote boss part where like you do something different. That's a little bit more challenging. And then it goes back to the, to the base part, to the base games in that collection. And they're like slightly harder. Like, the uh, like the guy dropping the rod that you have to catch it might go a little faster or like the rod is a little bit smaller. So, you know, your timing has to be a little bit more precise and stuff like that. So they, so they do get progressively a little bit more difficult. And basically you keep on going until you lose, uh, you got four lives. And whenever you lose a game, you lose a life. So you just keep on going as long as you, uh, as long as you can. And then it like keeps track of your high score. So that's kind of like, Ultimately, you're just sort of seeing how long you can keep going until you lose all your lives on any given group of games. Wow. So that's how it works. Again, really funny, really good in theory, but it does get old, at least for me, after you know not all that long. Uh, I do really appreciate what they did with the game, though. And then finally, I played another Game Boy Advance game. This may have been what you were thinking of the first time. I'm not sure, but we'll see. This one came out in 2001. One of the more well-known uh, Game Boy Advance games. This one is Advance Wars. Yep. Is that what you were thinking? Yeah. <laughs> nice. So, uh, I think you may have played... I know you played the second one for the podcast. So I'm not sure if you've played the first one I, for the podcast. I played both. I, I played may. both. You very well may have. I just don't remember. Um, it's a So, Advance Wars is a turn-based strategy game. Turn-based, grid-based strategy game. Uh, there is some story to it. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, I, I played it through like 15 times and I don't know the story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All I know is like a little kid that you're playing as most of the time who's like somehow become like 
commander in this army. It's uh the 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 type of battling you're doing is like basically modern day uh like army battles. So you have tanks, you have infantry, you have uh you know on levels that have water, you might have submarines and uh in in like battleships. On some levels you have uh like fighter jets or helicopters or bombers and things like that. Um and that's 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 the type of game it is. It's not like a fantasy game. Um so the way it works is you have, you know, all these different units. Like I said, you have different kinds of tanks, different kinds of infantry, you have uh, you know, some vehicles that are like like you might like you have uh like rocket launchers that can shoot very long distances. There are some um some vehicles that are just straight up hard counters to other vehicles, but not always. So it's not really so it, it doesn't feel like paper rock scissors. It feels like Oh yeah, if I, I got I definitely have to keep this, you know, infantry unit away from this tank because they're going to demolish me with no problem if they attack. But in other in other situations it's like, okay, well if my tank gets hit by this missile launcher, if I have this much health, then I'll be it's going to, you know, do a lot of damage, but I'll be okay and I can, you know, I can position myself to do this or that. So th- th- there's a nice balance there. Um also on your turn, the way it works, it's not like you don't move one piece, you know, one guy, and then the and then the bat, and then the like the AI moves one guy. The way it is, when it's your turn, you move every single one of your units, and then your turn's over, and then the uh, the, the enemy AI moves all of their units, and it goes back and forth that way. Uh, to attack, basic mo- for most units, e- even like tanks that you know do ranged attacks, obviously. Uh, well, I guess pretty much everything in modern combat does. So like. Even though you're shooting guns and firing cannons and stuff like that, to to attack another unit, you do have to get up right next to it. You have to be in the adjacent tile, you know, it, for instance, if you're a, t- a tank attacking something else. There are some units that, that are uh, exceptions to this rule, like the, um, like I said, like the, uh, like the rocket launchers. Artillery and the rocket launchers. Yeah, the artillery and the rocket launchers, they can shoot long distances, which is kind of like, the, that's kind of like their, their, their thing. Um, there are a couple... Um, Oh, there's also like the missile launcher, which can do the same thing, but it can only attack air units, for instance. Um, and there are also different tile types. Uh, some of them provide defensive bonuses. So if oh, you're yeah. in, there are some tiles that are city tiles. And they provide a lot of defense. If you're on a city tile attacking somebody, for instance, on like a grass tile. You know, tree tiles, uh, mountain tiles, they all provide defense. <clears throat> Lake tile, like there are some like river tiles. And if you're in a river tile, then that gives you basically like negative defenses. You're very vulnerable if you get caught, if somebody attacks you while you're on a, if only infantry can actually cross rivers, tanks and stuff have to have a bridge. But if you have infantry in a river tile, they are very vulnerable for while they're there. Um, Also, I didn't mention when you move most units, well, I guess pretty much, I guess all units can move. Uh, they, they have a range that they can move. So you're not just moving one tile at a time. Normally you can move like five or six tiles at a time, any, any given, any given unit, you know, some of them are a little bit more limited. Some of them have extra movement, but typically I think it was like five or six that, that you can move on a turn. Um, so when you attack somebody, say you're a tank attacking, you know, another tank, for instance, the way it works is each unit. So when you're looking at the screen and you see, the whole battlefield and you see all of your units and all of the enemy's units, you might, you know, on one tile, you have a tank unit. Well, really that tank unit consists of 
like 10 tanks. All it shows on the, on the overall view is, is one is, is one. But then when you go into battle, um, basically whatever your health is, is the number of units that you have in that little group. So, um, you know, you start off with all of your units start off with 10 health. And that means you have 10, uh, you know, if it's tanks then you have 10 tanks in that little squad. And then as you take damage, you know, obviously that goes down. So if your damage, if your, uh, <clears throat> health goes from 10 to five, then it basically goes from 10 tanks in that squad to five tanks. That also means that your tanks do less damage <clears throat> because there are fewer of them, you know, shooting at the enemy when they are attacking. So the way it works when you attack somebody is you move up to them, like I was saying, and you attack and the attacking player, the person that is on offense, the player whose turn it is, um, they attack first and then the defending player attacks second. So what happens is, um, you know, unless, unless you are uh, attacking something that is vastly more powerful than the attacking unit, or unless they have like really high defense and you, and you don't have that strong of a tech, typically what happens is you'll attack them and they will lose a few units and then they'll attack you back, but it doesn't do as much damage as you did because they are attacking back with fewer units. So that's typically, that's, that's basically how the combat works. There's also uh fuel and ammo that all that, well, oh, most yeah, of the units, yeah, most of the units have, you know, besides obviously besides like infantry, for instance, all of the vehicles, which is 90% of everything, have fuel and ammo. So if they, um, if you run out of fuel or ammo, then you have to, uh, there is a unit that can, that can basically resupply your other units. APC. AP, yeah, AP something. Yeah, it sounds right. APC maybe. Yeah. And um, so you can like drive it up next to a tank and, and hit, and for its action, instead of, you know, attacking, what you do is you resupply and it will fill up on fuel and ammo. You can also capture cities. So as I said, there are some tiles that are city tiles and um, they have typically 20 health. And what you can do is you can capture them with infantry units and the infantry units. If you put them on a city and say, all right, I want to capture this tile. What they do is they capture it for however many points of health that they have. So if you have an infantry unit, for instance, at full health, which is 10, and you're attack and you're taking and you're trying to take over a city tile for the first time and it's at full full health at 20 then it goes then you attack it ba- well you don't attack it but you uh convert it basically for 10 points so it goes down from 20 down to 10 and then in your next turn you can do it again and uh and take it over obviously if you have you know less units if you have like 5 then it's going to go down to 15 and it's going to take four turns to uh to convert it to your to your team basically when you do that, it does a couple of things. You can resupply units on those tiles. So for a tank's turn, if it's low on on gas, on fuel or ammo, you can you can kind of bring it back and park it on one of these city tiles and then just leave it there for that turn. And then at the beginning of the next turn, anything that you have on a city tile will it'll get some of its uh, some of its health back as well as fuel and ammo. So the cities are really very important to have. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. This it's kind of a key part of the game. They can also uh, they also give you money every turn. So uh, typically, what you want to do, you know, most of the city you start off typically you start off with a few cities, and the enemy does as well. And then there are a bunch of neutral ones. You want to capture the neutral ones, but you know, obviously, what's even better if you can is to capture some of the enemy's cities because then not only are you getting the income and all that, but they're losing the income. 
the way that money comes into play is on some levels, but not all, you have bases. And if you have bases, um, then you can buy, then you can use those bases to buy new units when it's your turn. You know, granted that you have enough money to do so. And uh, there are some bases that are, you know, that will give you tanks and infantry. There are some that are, you know, airports and they'll give you all of the air units. And then there are some that are seaports so that obviously give you the sea units. Sometimes you start off owning some of these and sometimes you have to, you have to take them over in the midst of a, of a game <clears throat> in order to be able to use them. Just like you would take over a city. Um, I like that. I, I think it's kind of cool that they go back and forth between... Some levels you just you just have whatever you start off with, and that's it. And then some levels you have bases, so it's kind of a more uh, typical strategy game where <clears throat> not only are you positioning your units, but you're also deciding what units you want to produce and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I really liked having a mixture there because I do like both of those types of games. So I like I I really like the fact that it goes back and forth between those. Uh, you also have a few different commanders. I think you have like three. Oh, Is that right? Ready. There's huh? many. There's like fifteen or something you can get eventually. How's that? Uh, there's different things you can do. You can buy them from the shop and stuff. You'll end up with like. Are you? Wait, did you play the first one or the second one? This is the first one. Ooh, okay. I actually don't remember that. Never mind. I only got three. I don't know if there's maybe ways to get more. It didn't. It really did not seem like it. But I'm not gonna rule out that I maybe missed something. But uh, there's 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 three. At least three main ones. Uh, there's like a little kid that you start off as, and um, yeah, yeah, Andy. And then there's this kind of big dude. Uh, I don't remember any of their names. And then there's a girl, Max. Max. What's the girl's name? You're asking for too much from me. <laughs> uh, anyway, and you basically choose which commander you want to use on each level, also. And uh, they each, they all have different they all have like a special ability and every once in a while you can use a special ability it kind of slowly charges up over time and then on your turn when it's when it, when your meters max out you can use it uh maxes is it restores like two points of health on every unit uh you know it doesn't it won't go pa up past its max but uh, it'll restore two health which is really good because again health is not only just health but it's also your attacking power um, I forgot what the, I forgot what Max's was, but the girls was, I think like everybody gets, um, infantry oh. get to go again, I think is what it is. No, I, I think I, that, that may be it, but I thought hers was that everybody gets like two extra tiles of range or something like that. Is that not you have it? Two, you have two levels of special in the second one. I thought you did as well in the first one. Like, no, like, this one, you just had oh, one. Everybody one. just had one. Okay. I think hers is everybody's. Everybody gets better range for a turn, and then I actually I remember Max's. His is everybody does more damage yeah, for think, one turn. Yeah, I think that's right. And then I think it's only vehicles. I think his is only vehicles. Okay, maybe so. And then also like the enemy officers or commanders or whatever they're called, they all have okay. special abilities too. There's there's one guy that just basically does damage to everybody on the screen. There's another guy who's really annoying. He gets to take an entire second turn. That's really uh, kind of devastating sometimes. So, uh, um, there's also lots of different types of maps. There, there's a really good map variety. Some of them are, you know, more, some of them have a lot of, a, a whole bunch of water. So it's kind of difficult moving your, your tanks and stuff around, but there, but you also have boats and stuff that you could use. Some of them are a little bit more open. Some of them have a lot of streets, which I believe 
streets lets you uh let you move a little bit farther. Yeah, I believe so. There's also you know, some that may have more or less mountains or, you know, a shitload of cities or, you know, wh- whatever it may be. There's there's a really good variety uh, in the type of maps that they have. Uh, you can probably tell I really, really enjoyed this game. Uh, it's, it's a very good game. It's a really fun strategy game. Yeah, it really is. And I had always heard really good things about it, but I had just really, you know, I, I didn't own a Game Boy Advance when this came out. And so I, so I never played it. And then, so I finally, you know, obviously did play it fairly recently, and uh, it's it really stands up to all the good things that I heard about it. It's um, it's still good today too. That's what I love about RTA or like strategy type games. It's just a lot of times they hold up just because the gameplay is the primary focus, right? It's not you're not yeah. focused on the graphics, and the music's pretty good in that game. So all the graphics aren't the best, but I have spent countless hours playing that series. And- you know what? The, it's, it's now that you mentioned that I had forgotten about this, but the music to me, yeah, it's good, but it sounded exactly like a uh, like a brawler type game to me. Like it sounded like it should be Streets of Rage music or something like that. Like literally, when I the first thing I thought of when I heard the music is like this sounds like it belongs to Streets of Rage or like one of those games. But um, it also does a really good job of easing you in to all the mechanics because there are kind of a lot of different units. But oh, yeah. uh, you start off and it's just like infantry. It's like, oh, this infantry is more powerful than this one. And then like, it, and then like the next level, it starts it, like you get like the small tank. And then the next level you get like, it, it's almost like adds like one unit at a time, just about until, until you kind of get the gist of it. And then it's like, okay, here's a bunch of different types of planes and here's what they do. And it kind of explains it as you go along. So you really learn as you go, like what's good against what, how the different units work and that kind of stuff. And so it's, it's, there was never a fresh, I never felt overwhelmed, even though there are so many different types of units because it eases you into them very well. Um, also it's, it's, uh, it's a tough game, but it's not like extremely difficult. Like it, you definitely have to think about what you're going to do. You have to think about your strategy. It definitely requires skill, but it's not like a hard game. You just have to kind of think about what you're doing. So I have a so there one of the one of my favorite things about this game is after you beat the game there's this extra stuff you can do, um, mm-hmm. which essentially you have to beat these levels, but you get graded based on your performance. Oh, it's they do that on the regular levels too, yeah. Yeah, but for these ones you want to reach S level, and some of the S levels are so difficult. Like it oh, makes, really? You have to completely plan it out. Like, okay, I'm <laughs> going to do this. Like. I, I, my brother and I would sit down and like look at all the different champions or like the, the people, and we'd like try and figure out strategies on certain maps. And oh, it's so fun! We, I've spent a lot of time trying to get as many S ranks as possible in that game. Yeah, yeah, I believe it because, uh, like I said, you know they do grade you um, on the regular missions as well. And I only most of the time I would get like a B or maybe even a C. I got I only got S one time. And wow. I didn't even get A's all that often. I got like A's every now and then. I got one S the entire playthrough, and it was mostly like B's and like the occasional C. Um, you should you should play the second one. I think the second one's a lot more challenging. I I've actually gotten stuck multiple times in the campaign. Wow, it's it's a good play. It's fun and it's very it's pretty long too. It's like there's probably thirty levels, and oh, wow. some of them take some of them take a couple hours. This one, I, feel, I I don't remember exactly. I feel like I had like maybe 20, 20 levels or something like that. I don't know. It, may, it might have had 30. It may, it, may have been, it may have been closer to 30. But, you know, a bunch of the early ones are, are fairly, fairly short. Once you get to like the second half, 
they definitely do start to get longer. Oh yeah. Uh, some of them do like, you know, maybe take like an hour or so. The, the very last level takes probably like three hours to complete. That's and, um, and it took me probably like four tries to beat it. You know, obviously it's not three hours that whole entire time because I would lose, you know, of course, before I got to the, you know, before, before I finished the level. But, uh, I, it pro- I probably beat it on my fourth or fifth try. Um, maybe getting about an hour into it each time and then finally beat it, you know, my last try and took about three hours. And the thing is that sounds really frustrating, but the game is so good that it's really, it really isn't a very frustrating thing when you lose levels like that. It's like, Oh shit, what'd I do wrong? Okay. I want to go back and try this again and see if I can come up with a better strategy. It's not just like, Oh shit. In in a lot of games, I'm like, I have to do all this shit over again. But in this, it's, you're not doing with all this shit over again because you got to do something different inherently if you lost. So uh, that was pretty fun. And also the last level is a little bit different because you're actually controlling three different armies. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, those, those levels, there's some bonus levels you can do where you're controlling like two to three armies and they are hard. Oh, really? Hard, hard, hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is super, super awesome game. I, I highly recommend it. Um, Advance Force for Game Boy Advance. It, it the really, really lives up to the hype. I think the second one is better than the first one by quite a bit. So wow, that's I'd nuts! Be, I know. I'd be curious to see you play that. I have to. I would definitely have to check it out at some point. One thing is, I only used Max on every single level because, um, you know the range, the girl that gives you extra range, like that's okay. But I, I'm sorry, not Max. Andy. I used Andy every single level because Max, you know, he lets his guys do extra damage, but Max heals them, which Andy, also Andy it, heals. Them. Andy heals them, yes. Uh, which inherently also makes them do extra damage, basically permanently, you know, until they get damaged again. So it seems like Andy is, like, five times better than Max. Like, objectively speaking. There's some really cool hero powers, too. Like, there's a, there's this guy uh, who's part of the Yellow Clan. Which, this is on the second shit. one? Yeah, holy shit. So It's so racist. The fucking Yellow Clan is Asian. Is that Asian, is that, sorry, yeah. you, you, you dropped that. You say Asians? Yeah, sorry. It's Asians. It's like, wow. I, like first time I was like, I was a kid and I'm like, did they really not think about this at all? But uh, yeah, he has a hero power that summons infantry at every single base you have that doesn't have uh, something on it. Damn, that sounds pretty good. Crazy. It's yeah. so good. It's it's like, you can suddenly just have an army. Actually, I don't know if it's that good, but it's... Well, I can see the limitations because really infantry... Later on in the game, all they're good for is just capturing cities, pretty much. Yeah, you can run at people um, with those infantry, too. Especially if you can get it early enough. Because in the second one, you have two tiers of an, of a, of an ultimate. It's like a, a low tier, and then you have a high tier one. And his low tier summons infantry, and then his high tier summons uh, rocketeers. Crazy. It's really powerful. Hmm. Yeah, it can, it can make a massive difference. What, what's your favorite unit? Uh, whew, that's tough. I like the missile launchers a lot. Um, yeah, I do too. Neo tanks are pretty cool. Yeah. Neo tanks are pretty freaking cool. I use a lot of medium tanks. I use a lot of rocket launchers yeah. and also the... Uh, my my freaking... build relied a lot on recon and light tanks. I tried to push as far forward as, as fast as I possibly could. Oh, really? I didn't use recon tanks almost at all. They're great for sniping infantry early on and preventing your opponent from expanding. Like oh, one recon can, can handle multiple infantry. And if they're in a defensive position, like trees or anything, oh my God, infantry, you just die by the numbers. Wow. Um, 
I also love the bomber because, like, it takes out almost any full health unit in one hit. The bomber? Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, my jeez. Yeah, and then artillery just one-shots it or almost one-shots it out of the air. Well, oh. The um, uh, missile launchers are... Artillery only shoot ground, and then rocket or, launchers shoot longer ground, and then missile launchers are just like rocket launchers, but they shoot the, air. There's a, there's a, um, oh, oh, I know what you're talking about. It's anti-air, anti-air. Yeah, yeah anti-air. It's like anti-air yeah. guns, yeah. Oh, yeah, those do take them down. <laughs> yeah, really, yeah. really easily. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, those are really powerful. Yeah. Awesome game. Yeah, it's it's a really fun. If you haven't played this game and you, you say you like strategy games, first of all, you're a liar because you haven't played this game yet. <laughs> Second of all, this game is so fun. This is one of my. This is top top three, top five strategy games for me. Like this, this is up there with StarCraft. This is up there if wow. if I could put so, uh, Yeah, I would say up there with StarCraft for sure. Cool. It's just it's such a fun game, and I've spent so much time on this. All right, time for our top fives. What? Yeah, our top five oh. favorite um, fighting game special moves. To be I have a little bit of caveat on this. I, I I guess I didn't think about this too much when we were talking about this, but I don't. I actually have only played a certain number of fighting games, or I guess <laughs> I've played I've played a specific series. So like, I played a lot of Soul Calibur. I played a decent amount of Mortal Kombat growing up. I played a lot of Super Smash Brothers. Like, hey, nobody's kind of nobody's judging you. I, I'm just giving you a heads up that mine are going to be from a lot of the same same series. Well, four of mine are from the same series. Oh, okay. So I feel a lot better about myself. <laughs> so, and let me ask you this: I was I was trying to decide if I wanted to do moves that are generic across, like like you know, like an uppercut or something like that, like something that's that's in most fighting games. Or did you say like I don't know, a, a really? I think you can um, kind of take it either way as long as it's a special move. Okay. Um. And we're cool. You want to start, or you want me to? Um, I'll start since I keep keep it going. Okay. Um, my first one is in Super Smash Brothers: the up B for Link, the AOE spin. That is iconic for me because, well, it's iconic in general because everybody knows it. But what I love about it is it's the same thing that is transcribed from the actual Zelda series. And it's so fun to use it in a PvP setting. And I, I, the first time I did it, uh, when I played Super Smash Brothers for GameCube, I was, at that point, a Link main. Like, I was like, I just want to spend as much time as possible learning and playing Link. Wait, so what does he do? He, you know, the when you're playing Zelda, you can, like, charge up your sword and you spin and cut everything around you? No. Have you played a lot of Zelda games? Like oh, you, oh, oh, you mean an actual Zelda? Yeah, okay, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's that move transcribed. So if you do, I think it's up B on the GameCube. Uh, you do that move. It's it's your third jump. Oh, really? In yeah. Sma- in so, Super Smash Brothers, you do that. Yes, in Super Smash Brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, you have the, the ability to use that as your third jump, and it does, you know, it does a decent amount of damage, and it's just, it's a super fun ability. Um, cool. All right, my number five is, uh, this one is... Kind of the uh, the most iconic and also the most cliche, maybe to uh, to say. Oh. But I can't. I also just can't leave it off because it's so it's so awesome. The Hadouken, the the fireball. Hadouken. Um, you know, of course, this is primarily known for Street Fighter um, from Ken and Ryu, but it's also used in many many games, <laughs> many different uh, characters throughout many different series. But uh, along with just being like, you know, one of the more famous um, special moves and also being, you know, really a pretty useful one. I also remember like when I first ever saw Street Fighter and I was like, oh shit, it's like this karate dude, but he can make a fucking fireball. Like 
just sort of the concept of that before, you know, you, you know, this wasn't when you see it in every other game that came out in the history of the world. This is like, it, like I thought about it on a, on a, like more kind of literal level where it's not just like, Oh, this is a cool dude. Cool. Doing a cool move. I was like, Oh damn, this is so cool. Like it's border, you know, it's like supernatural. So it, it's like, Oh wow. This guy's like, you know, uh, like mastered martial arts. So, so perfectly like at such on such a deep level that he knows how to like channel enough energy to create a fireball from his hands. Like how cool is that? Like that was how I thought about it back then. So it always stuck out to me. It's just like a really, really cool move. And on top of that, the, you know, anime, when this game come, came out, anime was not, uh, there wasn't a real extensive library. So this wasn't in a bunch of different anime as well. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's pretty awesome. Uh, okay, my number four is, th- th- so Mortal Kombat, um, the Cyrax net. I love this ability. I actually played Cyrax and Smoke a lot. I oh, this is a good one. Oh, and I love this ability. I love Cyrax's the grenade out of his chest. That's also really cool. But yes. I think the Cyrax net definitely definitely takes it over for me. I just love the ability because Cyrax is, is bright and yellow, and then he throws this, like, putrid green. It's putrid green, isn't it? Um, I can't remember the exact color. The net? Yeah. I think it was, like, neon green. Oh, yeah, you're right. It's more neon green. Uh, this neon green green net at your opponent and my favorite thing about it is you could spam it and the person couldn't move until they got out of it so you'd literally just like net them run over beat the shit out of them net them run and just keep doing it and just you know obviously against people who aren't very good at the game but it was just such a cool ability and the noises that Cyrax made when he moves around is just so good what does he do I don't remember the noise he makes him move around it almost sounds like a like it's like a robot making noises as he's moving I'm trying to I like that's that's about as good as I can describe it but it's just very robotic noises gotcha Especially when he gets hit. Oh, I'm sure. Okay. Um, let's see. What's my number th- uh, four? Uh, number four. Primal Rage. The uh, dinosaur fighting game. One of the... Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, one of the one of the characters was like a... Kind of like a King Kong type character. Um, he didn't come across as huge as King Kong, but I guess technically he probably was since he was like the same size as dinosaurs and stuff. There's this giant gorilla guy named uh, Chaos, and he, one of his, his projectile move his, his version of the fireball, essentially, is he barfs on people. He just, like, barfs, but it's not just, like, barfs, being it basically forms, like, a giant ball of barf that, like, floats perfectly horizontally across the screen, and uh, that's his, that's his projectile. That's kind of cool, actually, I didn't know about that. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cool. All right. Are you good? Number three. Number three, uh, back to Super Smash Brothers. Uh, this is going to be the Young Ness baseball bat. Um, so in Super Smash Brothers, one of the abilities that you can do is, is a power swing. I think it's like over in B or like towards, towards your opponent in B. Um, so a lot of characters have like power attacks that they do with it. I think it's A. But anyways, uh, Ness whips out his, his home run bat from uh, Earthbound, and it makes this really cool noise when you when you land it. Have you ever done this forever? I, I feel like I have, but I don't recall. Oh, man. It does the, the the shine. I think people call it the shine, where you get like a critical strike. But it's so cool uh-huh. because it's Ness swinging his, his, you know, his baseball bat. Oh, you talking and, about the smash? Yeah, 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 like the smash attacks. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, anyways, it's just it's just a really cool ability because you know you're playing as Ness, which is already just an amazing character. He has a bunch of different utilities from really cool stuff. But then on top of that, he has this baseball bat. And it's just, I don't know. I always really really enjoy this ability or this special ability. I guess. Cool. All right, my number three is is from 
Street Fighter Alpha, the character Sodom, he is like a samurai guy, basically, and he has the um, size, like like Raphael, but uh, he doesn't use them in this move. This is the, uh, the name of the special move is Daikyu Burning, and what he does, it's actually kind of one of the more brutal special moves. Um, he picks up the person, he picks up, you know, his opponent and like basically pile drives them into the ground, but not like a jumping pile drive, not like Zangief style. He does it standing up. He just picks them up, slams them down, you know, like on the back, you know, basically on their spine pile drive style. And then, but then he holds them there against the ground and starts running forward to where he's just raking them across the ground. And then they're and then they catch on fire from being raked across the ground so violently. <laughs> so like that one, is, yeah, that's like one of the more brutal things really in a Street Fighter game. And uh, I think that's kind of a, kind of a cool special move. That's, that's actually kind of kick ass, to be honest. Yeah, it really is. All right, what you got? Uh, number two. Oh, back to Mortal Kombat. Um, obviously, you got to get over here, Robert. Uh, the Scorpion. Oh hook. yeah, okay. The Scorpion Hook is just. I thought this might be coming. Oh man, it's so it's it, like I remember uh, going to there was a um, grocery store by my house called Smith's, and uh, we used to go there and, and play Mortal Kombat while my mom would grocery shop. And I remember watching people play Scorpion and do and do the, the hook to pull people over, and I was like, so I was like, oh my gosh, that's gotta be so hard to do. Like, like there's no way I'm ever gonna figure out how to do that because I was like, I was really young, I was like six or seven, and then I started I played a bunch of different characters, but I was always really intimidated about playing Scorpion because I just. I thought the hook would be hard. And then I played him and somebody was like, oh yeah, you just, I think it's like over, I figured it was like over A or over B on the arcade. And I was like, that's it. That's I think all it's people like, were doing I think this it's like time. back, back point. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's not that bad. Like I, I assumed it was like this really <laughs> complicated procedure, like this, right. <laughs> perfect precision. No, it was like the easiest thing in the world. And I was just, I was just so, oh my gosh, I spent a lot of time on that arcade system. <laughs> Super yeah, that is definitely a classic. That that was on my um that didn't make my list, but that is, that was definitely in the it was in the running. Yeah, it, for me it was this and the Hadouken. I was like, ah, Hadouken's so like I, I think the Hadouken's. Oof, you think it's more iconic than the Scorpion Hook? I think so. Yeah, I mean they I, both. I, so I would consider them both iconic, but I do think the Hadouken is more iconic. Yeah. Gosh, that that's a fun one. Mm-hmm. All right, and also like. I, and I know you all already alluded to this, but the um, him yelling "Get over here!" it really adds a whole lot to it. Like oh, that's, that's yeah. half of oh, it, really. Yeah. All right, number two for me, my second favorite special move in a fighting game is Akuma's super art from uh, from Street Fighter Three. Um, he uh, well, I guess he's got more than one, but the the. I, I looked up this one because I couldn't, you know, remember the specific names because they're like Japanese names. It's the Shun Goku Satsu, which is really the one that I believe is like the more famous Akuma, uh, Akuma Super. Where, so this isn't technically a special move because it's not one that you can just pull off any time, but it's a super move that you can pull off, or a super art specifically is what they call them, that you can pull off when you, uh, when you, when you fill up your super meter. And he... You, you type, it's, it's, it's interesting because it's a, a different type of, well, I think, unless I'm getting, I know this was the case in Street Fighter 4, and I'm pretty sure this was also true in Street Fighter 3. Instead of doing a, uh, like a joystick or like, you know, a D-pad motion, it's purely just, uh, you type a combination of, uh, of like punch buttons. So it's like 
<laughs> high punch, low punch, you know, low kick or something, you know, something like that. Sure. Anyway, it's really cool because he um, basically he doesn't teleport, but he f- like floats over to the other to the other character, and if they don't block, then what it does is like he and the other character essentially sort of like disappear into like a cloud. And all you hear is like, <clears throat> like the hit, like the hit sound effect, like going over and over again. It's like smack, 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 and you see these little like, kind of like not not sort of like sparks flying, kinda. You can't see anything that's going on. All you can hear is the other guy getting hit like dozens of times in in just a few seconds, and then it just and then it cuts back, and you can see, well, it's showing the whole thing. When I say cut back, what I mean is you can see the characters again, and then the other guys on the ground, and Akuma is just standing there. Like with his back to the camera, like with his back to the screen, and his uh, and there's like a glow, like the symbol on the on his back is glowing. It's like it's just a super badass move because he's moving so fast that you can't even see what's going on. Nobody knows what happened, but all you know is the other guy got hit a million times, and then Akuma's just standing there with his with his uh with his like shirt glowing. Of course, yeah, you gotta have the glowing shirt. Let's be real here. Hell yeah, it's it's a pretty badass move. It's a good one. I like yeah. it. All right, number one. Number one, uh, this is going to be Yoshimitsu. Um, so, well, this is going to be from Yoshimitsu, rather. So, I was, I, I completely forgot about this. Uh, so, Yoshimitsu had an ability in uh, Soul Calibur that he would actually harm himself to harm his opponent. And oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. You remember this? Yes. I remember the first time we did this, We, I was so confused because I... <laughs> wait, what just happened? I had not seen some of this before. And then after that, whenever we would do, we would do these like draft picks, right? Where you pick a, a certain number of, of characters to play in um, Soul Calibur. And we'd always do, the troll pick was Yoshimitsu. And if you were ahead, you would just, you know, essentially kill yourself for fun. And so, so I'm going to read this. This is what the ability does. Um, see, it says, he turns around, bends over, and shoves his sword right through his gut. And then when you do this, it damages both you and your opponent. That's awesome. It's so funny and it's just so random. Like I, I just, I'm still so surprised <laughs> that they put this in, but it's just, it, it's just such a cool ability. And Yoshimitsu in general is such a weirdo. Like he has, I remember oh, yeah. in in one of the Soul Calibur games, he has this ability where he sits Indian style, puts it, he takes his sword and he places it vertically upward. And Yoshimitsu also has a a, a Japanese flag running up and down his back, or like a, an old school samurai flag uh, that's on a a post uh, running down his back. And he literally hops up and down on his ass without doing anything. He's, just, he's spinning. <laughs> he's just and it's just, yeah, he's, there, there's some really interesting characters in Soul Calibur, but he is one of my favorite. He's just so all over the place. And it's just, I don't know. He's just a hot mess. And I, I thought this ability was just so funny. And for, for me, it's just, it brings back so many fa- funny memories of just literally just killing myself for the fun of it. It's kind of talk shit. That's a really good one. Mine is not nearly as exciting. Mine is a little bit more vanilla, actually. It is uh, another iconic Street Fighter move, the Shuriken. Oh, yeah. And this isn't nearly, like I said, it's not nearly as exciting as yours. It's really not as exciting as Akuma or even the or even Sodom's like pile driver you rake you across the ground and catch you on fire move. But I love this one so much because, partly because, you know, you know it's pretty iconic. Also, because this was such a good way to punish people in street fighter two for just jumping in on you, you know, without like sure. really having a strategy. If you're playing against somebody who, you know, doesn't really know what they're doing or they're just trying to be lazy. What they're going to do is they're going to jump in on you all the time. 
And this is the A number one surefire way to punish that every single time. Uh, I specifically like Ken's version of this because starting with, I believe it was uh, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. He, um, if he, if you do his fierce punch version, then he like has a flame on his fist and it catches the other person on fire when he hits him with it. Uh, so that just adds a little bit of extra awesomeness to it. Uh, I, I use this all the time when I used to play against people, you know, when you get to like, you know, a little bit higher level of play, then you can't just use it. You can't just rely on this all the time because people know not to just jump in on the other guy because they're going to get punished for it. Uh, so you really have to be a lot more careful and you can also, you can get punished for it if you use it too much because it does leave you vulnerable if you use it, you know, unnecessarily. But, uh, I just, I just used to use this all the time and just destroy everybody with it because people that I played with didn't really know any better. They didn't, they didn't know not to jump in and they never really learned either, even though I did this over and over again. But, uh, it's, you know, for, for the, for that fact, and just, you know, another, it's another sort of iconic one. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's really, it's really good. I, I, again, Ken's version, especially since he catches you on fire with it. And even in like some of the later ones, like street fighter four and stuff, and, and maybe even three, he, um, he has like a lot better range on it also than, uh, than Ryu does. So you can catch people a little bit farther away with it and stuff like that. So Ken's was always kind of the best. Also, cool. did you, have you ever noticed show Shuruken? It has the names Ryu and Ken in, in the name of the move. Done, done, done. Oh, you better be careful. People are going to come after you. Yeah. Fucking Illuminati. Of yeah, I mean, you can't just, you can't just tell the truth. I'll edit this out. Don't worry. We'll be good. You're listening live. <laughs> oh, fuck. We did get a couple of tweets on this one, actually. Uh, Jeff 8 said, um, shout out to Chun-Li's spinning bird kick if nobody mentions it in their top five. Oh, yeah. And then I guess he's, I don't know if that really resembles a bird, but I think he's referring to the helicopter kick, I'm sure, since that's the spinning one. Also... Uh, Gitalele 81 says nut punch. You know what that one is, right? The, uh, the Johnny Cage move. Oh yeah. I was like, wait, I thought they were just talking about just in general, just a nut punch. Oh, you're like, just, oh, he's just saying that? Just a nut punch. <laughs> all right. There we go. That's all you. Um, and that's it for our top fives. Next top five that we're going to do is, uh, video game store memories. So, uh, just any memory that you have of like, you know, obviously we don't really have video. I mean, we do have GameSpot, but it's really nothing the same. Um, wait, GameSpot, GameStop. I always get them confused. GameStop is what we have. They're going to be offended. I know. Um, you know, we do have GameStops. Obviously it's really not the same as it used to be. Um, so we thought we would do our favorite memories of something that, you know, happened in a video game store. Maybe we went and like, you know, we, we discovered a game just by chance, just by looking at the back of the boxes that we loved or just any, any specific memories that we have of a, a video game store of the lost art of video game stores. So that's our next top five. Dun, dun, dun. Sorry. That was uncalled for. Oh no, that was definitely called for. I think. Okay. Guys. How yeah. you okay with it? E- time for emails. <laughs>
All right, the first one comes in from, hold on just a second, from Father Beast. Why don't you take this one, Jay? You up for it? You good You good to go? Yeah, sure. you I'm ready down? to roll. Let's go. Let me ready let, to read. Let, <laughs> fuck yeah, read it. Um, let's fuck do fuck this. You. Let's do, um, let's do Google Docs again. Since, oh, that's right. Can you send me the link again? Yeah, I'm trying to, uh. Actually, I'm just going to start up a new one because I don't know where the old one is. Since uh, Discord is not very copy paste friendly. Oh, don't days. worry. But they've got their they've got their ability. They have the uh, the front interface where you can load all your games from it. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I, I, this is what I love about the, whatever these um, what do you call it? These VOIPs that become popular all of a sudden. This is what they always do. They always try to do too much shit, and then it's just the actual thing that you want to use it for doesn't work properly. Yep. And they're already getting there. It's like every time I open Discord, it's like, oh, here's this clever thing that we found on Twitter. Let me spam this at you while I load up all the games you have on your computer. Yeah, like here's some hilarious quotes. Yeah, it's like, no, just, just open this fucking software. Like I asked, please. I'll, I'll thank you for it. I promise. Yeah. yeah. It's hilarious. Anyways. All right, Father Beast, um, his uh, subject line is bottom five bought games. Oh, okay, so this is from the... Uh, I guess it was our last episode, uh, like the five worst games that we would buy. Yes. I guess. Yes. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, Father Beast says, Hi, Father Beast here. In gathering the list, here, I'm going to zoom in a little bit so I can get a bigger font. Uh, in gathering the list of the worst games I've bought, that's more, the, that's more of a bottom five than a top five, isn't it? True. Man, yeah, I that's guess actually so. an interesting idea, Robert. Bottom, bottom five. five. We just need to go back through our entire history of top fives and do bottom five. Oh man, that's new meta. We could be revert. We could be bot. Oh, that sounds. Bad. I was say bottom Robert and Jay, but that sounds really bad. Oh wow, <laughs> that got a little weird. Never mind. Yeah, I think it'll be. It, let's be real here. It would be bottom Jay and Robert. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That <laughs> man, you see my beard. <laughs> okay, uh, you do have a good point. I have realized that I don't recall these games very well because I didn't spend much time trying to play them. Nevertheless, here we go. Top five worst games I've actually bought. Number five, Master of Orion 3. Yeah, I bought this. Despite the reviews, because I have such a great affection for the first game, and the second game is still a good game, despite being completely different from the first one. I read the manual several times, but still couldn't figure out how to get the planets to produce what I wanted them to, or even choose which system to send my scout fleets. Ouch. I did change some settings on some planets to my choices, only to discover that the game starts changing them back as soon as my back is turned. <laughs> Damn. Uh, when I was stuck in this hell, I received a notification that some race I'd never met or heard of got themselves elected Grand Masters of the Galaxy, and the game was over. I decided a retry <laughs> was not in the cards. What the hell? Oh. That sounds terrible. All I'm hearing is, you got outplayed. That's what I just heard. <laughs> Uh, number four, Rise and Rule of the Ancient Empires. This was back in the days when I would get anything that was kind of like Civilization. This was kind of like Civilization, but what, but it wasn't good. I recall that I had a city that was starting to sprawl the countryside, but it was such a hassle that I decided that I wasn't interested in playing anymore. Jesus, that, that went from zero to 100. It was like, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that good, so I just decided to stop playing. Uh, number three, Reader Rabbit. My kids oh, I used to brought, love Reader Rabbit. I, I, I played, I did a good amount of this as well. <laughs> uh, my kid brought home a catalog of stuff to buy from school and we saw they had some software titles we bought clue finders fourth grade edition and discovered it was actually fun even for adults the next kid was coming up on kindergarten so the next time we bought the reader rabbit game 
Egads, that was terrible. Everything, everything ha- that Clue Finders got right, this game got wrong. Boring, repeating, unskippable cutscenes, being unable to fix things when you make a mistake without starting the whole section over, and I forget what else. We eventually bought all the Clue Finder series, third through sixth grade, but this was just garbage. Damn. I will echo this as well. I um, One of my cousins actually played the crap out of this game, and they they played it a lot at first, but they got frustrated. As a child, they got frustrated. Wow, with really? I used to yeah. love Reader Rabbit. Uh, I, uh, yeah, no. Not a fan. Hmm, okay. um, I also could have been a... There were probably like 15 different versions, I bet, that were all just... That's kind of what Rabbit. I was wondering, too, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, number two, Transport Giant. I bought this on a Steam sale because I'm a fan of Transport Tycoon and such games. My son mocked me for buying a game with such low review scores, but I ignored him. <laughs> I tried it out, even though it quickly became apparent that it wasn't as good as others in the genre. My tipping point came after I'd spent an hour trying to figure out how to make a bridge, since it didn't tell me <laughs> why it wouldn't place it there. So, having finally figured it out, I went to work on another train line. I was told I could not make a train line unless it was connected to the first one. That was such a stupid mechanic that I immediately closed the game and uninstalled. That's the proper response. And number one, Nightstone. This was a Diablo clone, but an exceedingly bad one. I seem to recall that the pathfinding was terrible to the point that it was a chore uh, making your character go around a corner. And there was an issue (laughs) with clicking on on an enemy to attack them. When I found the exit to the first level, I discovered that I couldn't progress because I hadn't killed everything yet. Oh, that wondered, sounds like shit. That's really stupid for that kind of game. Yeah. Uh, I started uh, wandering around looking for a missing monster. Then I realized I couldn't take this game anymore. Wow. So there we are. I shall be interested to hear what games I, I have never heard of you guys, uh, never heard of you guys hated, and more importantly, why you hated them. Oh, and by the way, I bought Quest for Glory one through five on GOG and will be participating in this game's game of the quarter. Nice. Other I, thank you for the email, and thank you for participating. Yeah, thank you, Father Beast. And I just remembered uh, at the very end there that he actually sent this email for the last episode, hmm. but it came in like a few hours or something, or like the, or like half a day after we recorded it. So, uh, yeah, I should have mentioned that at the top. This 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 was originally meant for our previous episode. All right. Gotcha. Thank you again, Father Beast. Next one comes from... Dun, dun, dun. Charles. Let's see what we got here. There's a big ass image that's like embedded into the email sideways. So I'm going to have to do a little bit of work with this. He says, uh, Hey guys, before I get to my top five, uh, I've got something cool to share. I was at the tap room at a local brewery with my wife and kids tonight. They've got a few arcade machines in the main seat in the main seating areas. Uh, Cruising USA. Oh yeah. The T2 shooting game. And Street Fighter 3 Third Strike, or at least that's what the cabinet said. As I walked by it, I noticed something was weird. Check it out. Oh, <laughs> this is funny. Okay, now I can see. Here, hold on. I'll send it to you. I, I don't know for sure if you'll be able to tell what's so funny because you're not a huge like um, Street Fighter fan. But you'll probably be able to pick up on it. Notice anything? Not yet. It's definitely Samurai Showdown. On oh, screen. on the actual screen. I yeah. was looking at the. I was looking at the thing at the top. I'm like, is there a typo? Like, I'm like looking for something on the text up above. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I was actually looking at first too. Yeah, that's like that was like the first thing come out. I'm like, okay, it's got to be that. That's pretty hilarious. I wonder how that happens. I mean, obviously, somebody just kind of like put something different in the machine, but like, how do you keep it saying Street Fighter? I don't know. Anyway, that's pretty funny, Charles. Um, let's see. 
Hold on, I'm having... Okay. So yeah, that's Samurai Showdown. After a while with no one playing, the screen changed to this. Pandora's Box 4S. Oh, wait. Oh, I see. Okay. Oh, I see. This is just like a big emulator with a bunch of fighting games. Like, it's got Fatal Fury 1, 2, 3, Art of Fighting 1, 2, 3, Samurai Showdown 1, 2, 3, 4. Okay. So, clearly, somebody just wow. had a Street Fighter Third Strike cabinet and they yeah, put a sure. fighting game emulator inside it. Okay. That's interesting. Um, That's funny that the screen just goes to this. Uh, it was an emulator. He says it was an emulator of some sort called Pandora's Box. Uh, it had 680 games on it. I spent some time scrolling through the menu while also pressing the gas pedal on Cruise in USA for my three-year-old son. And it had a wide variety of games. Every Street Fighter up to Third Strike. Classic arcade games like Joust, Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, Galaga, Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr. Tons of beat-em-ups from all the final fights to the X-Men and TMNT arcade games. Damn. To some beat-em-ups I thought were just console games like Alien vs. Predator and... <laughs> Death and Return of Superman. It had all the metal slugs, tons of side-scrolling shooters like R-Type and Gradius, and vertical scrolling shooters like 1941. Jeez. Wow. Fighting games as recent as Street Fighter 3 Third Strike and all the Alpha series. Several Marvel vs. Capcom variants, and there were so many games I had never heard of. Interesting. And they had it all, and they had, I'm sorry, and they had it, all the games, set free to play, no quarters required. Wow, that's super cool. Yeah, that is cool. Unfortunately, I had my kids and couldn't play anything. I was too busy helping them on Cruising USA and T2. <laughs> but now that I know it's there, I'm definitely going back. Uh, now, yeah, there's a um, there's a brewery by my house, or you know, fairly close to me, that I go to sometimes, and they have um, a few really good pinball machines. Even though I'm not a pinball, uh, I'm not really a pinball guy. Like they have. Uh, a couple of really awesome pinball machines. They have a Metallica one that's really cool. They have a Star Wars one. I forgot the other one. Uh, and they also have a Mortal Kombat, I believe the, uh, I think it might be Mortal Kombat 2 that they have. And uh, it's either one or two. But except like the, and that one is free. The the pinball games you have to pay, you have to put quarters in, but, the, uh, but Mortal Kombat is free. And it is, uh, the only problem is like, I guess the cabinet is not great or, or there's something wrong with it. And the scream is very, very, very dim. But uh, yeah, I have a kind of a similar thing. Uh, anyway, now for my top five fighting games, fighting game special moves. I realized as I started thinking about this, that Robert's comments when I wrote in and suggested this were spot on. It's going to be mostly Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's funny. If this week's top fives suck, I take responsibility because I suggested this. And I think they were still pretty good, even though we both like yeah, it actually <laughs> we covered well. like three games right. between us. Um, number five, Johnny Cage. Here we go. Johnny Cage's Nut Punch um, from the Mortal Kombat series. This was hilarious in junior high. Let's be honest, it still is. Especially when you do it to say Raiden and then watch the God of Lightning moan in agony, clutching his jewels. Yeah. Or to Scorpion, literally a demon from hell. There we go. <laughs> but it didn't work against a Mataro, the centaur boss in MK2, or female characters. Number four, Zangief's Atomic Buster Super from Street Fighter 4. I was never able to pull off Zangief's huge spinning pile driver. I just could never do the 360 on the D-pad. And in Street Fighter 4, they made it a super move where he chains together two suplexes and a spinning pile driver that takes off half your health 
It's awesome, and I still can't do it. Yeah, I this would I this was I kind of considered this for my list as well, and I can do it um, sometimes now. But I do remember like back in the day, you know, when Street Fighter Two first came out, or you know, shortly after it came out, and like I had it on Super Nintendo and stuff. I would sometimes sit there for like you know fifteen thirty minutes just trying to practice this move and not be able to pull it off. Uh, number three, Earthquakes Fart Throw from Samurai Showdown. I played Samurai Showdown. Whoop, what the hell did just happen? My, sorry, my uh, I just did something to my email. Okay. Um, where'd he go? I played Samurai Showdown a lot on a Neo Geo emulator in high school and college. This is Earthquake's throw. Earthquake is the ubiquitous fat guy character, but he's kind of painted up like a pro wrestler and uses a scythe blade on a chain as his sword. For his throw, he grabs their opponent, sticks their face in his butt, and farts a cloud of brown gas on them. Oh my god. Jeez. I kind of actually remember this now. So yay for fart jokes. Yeah, he, uh, he said he 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 provided us. He was kind enough to provide us with a gif. Oh yeah, okay. I definitely do remember this now. Here you go. <laughs> oh oh my gosh. Um, number two, Sub Zero's freeze ball or whatever it's called from uh, Mortal Kombat. Yeah, this is on my list initially as well. Yeah. When MK first came out, everyone played as Sub-Zero or Scorpion, and everyone spammed the hell out of this move and Scorpion's Get Over Here. Of course they did. (laughs) Yep. So it's just a classic. Combine it with an uppercut, follow up in the early games, or use it in a combo in some later games. It's still fun. Scorpion's Spear does damage on top of stunning them briefly and bringing them to you, but I just always liked Sub-Zero better, especially once he became one of the good guys in MK3. Um, let's see. Oh, oh, actually, that, and that actually reminds me of something. I don't know why this reminds me of it, but I forgot to mention that we all, we did get another tweet from Rayanus on, uh, on Twitter. And he said that we all know the Hadouken is best. Even, Dra- even Dragon Ball Z uses it. Sorry. Sorry, Rayanus. I forgot to, uh, include that earlier. And then back to, uh, Charles email number one, Tiger Uppercut. Sagat Street Fighter series. So Ryu, Ken, Akuma, and Sagat all have the same move. So this is the this is the same, by the way, this is me talking as uh, the uh Shuriken, except for uh Sagat is called the Tiger Uppercut, it goes a little bit faster and it but it doesn't have quite as much range. Um it says so Ryu, Ken, Akuma, and Sagat all have the same move. Ken's has flames on it in more recent iterations, but I think Sagat's has a little broader hit zone. Okay, maybe I thought his had less of a hit zone, but I could be wrong. If it doesn't, it should, because Sagat's reach is so damn long. The dude is huge. And I ultimately choose him. I ultimately chose him over Ryu and Ken because he looks cool, is a badass, and has that awesome Thai kickboxing fight style. Yeah, I do think that that aspect of him is pretty cool, too. Uh, he says, this move is awesome, too, because if you if you get good at it, if you get good with it, you can control your opponent's location and the flow of the fight really well. You can pretty much do that with most of Sagat's move because his reach is so long and he's so tall. Yeah, and also you can... Um, another good thing about Sagat is his, his fireball goes like 10 times faster than everybody's. So it's uh, you can really pe- catch people off guard with it. Uh, Charles says, that's all I got. Keep up the good work, guys. Thank you for the podcast. Thank you for writing into the podcast, Charles. All right, um, next one comes from Scott. Can't tell what to do, Robert. (laughs) 
I can tell you to read it, or can I ask you? Can I ask you what to do? There you go. There you go. <laughs> a little bit right. different when you ask. Uh, who's this from, sir? Uh, Scott. Scott. Scott says, "Hey guys, hope everything is going well. I haven't written in for a while, but this week I picked up an NES Classic, so I've been getting back into retro gaming in full force after a brief stint of playing The Amazing Witcher Three. Congratulations on the NES Classic. Oh yeah. Um, he says, "I'm loving the NES Classic. The games." Uh, play just like I remember them, and it's been great trying to best my ten-year-old self in tough games like Ninja Gaiden and Castlevania. Wow, those, yeah, those are. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I've also wanted to play Star Tropics ever since it was on the cover of Nintendo Power back in '91. And so far, it's been quirky and awesome. Anyway, on to my top five favorite fighting game moves. Number five, Raiden's teleport in Mortal Kombat. My favorite MK character. He always reminds me of the guys um, that come down on the lightning in the big mo- uh, in the movie Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, number four, <laughs> Ryu's Hadouken in Street Fighter. II. <laughs> yep, there I it still is. remember the first time I saw and heard this move on my friend's SNES class. Oh, excuse me, on just my friend's SNES. Um, I had to have this game. Number three, Larson's finisher in Eternal Champions for the Sega Genesis. First time I did this finisher, I was about 11, and I had no idea how I did it and couldn't <laughs> seem to replicate it again. I forgot about that. Yeah, just like spamming things until you were able to figure out something. Hey, like, like, I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, man, that's so funny. Um, a car pulls up, and a t- and Tommy guns shoot at your opponents. My friends <laughs> didn't believe me and said I was, I was lying. Too bad we didn't have the internet in those days. That does sound like something that you'd say. It's like, like, oh yeah, if you do this certain move, then, then a car drives up and, uh, and, they, and they get out with Tommy guns and shoot the other guy. That's funny. That is really funny, actually. Uh, let's see. Number two. Oh, I'm sorry. That was number two. Uh, uh, no, yeah, that was three. That was three? Two's next. Oh, I see. Okay, thank you. Sorry, I, I, I've seen the same game. Number two, Xavier's finisher in Eternal Champions for Genesis. Again, same deal as Larson's finisher. No one believed me. Your opponent is burned at the stake in Xavier's stage. What? That's intense. And number one, Johnny Cage's nut nut punch in Mortal Kombat. Wow, this This is really a popular choice. Well, and and here's the argument for it, too. This should be number one on every video game list ever ever of all time. Okay. Thanks thanks for awesome work, as always, Brian. Brian, thank you for writing it. That That was awesome. I think this was uh, Scott. Scott, I'm so sorry. Come on. Scott, thank you for writing in. Listen, listen, Robert. I have two words for you. What's that? Actually, more like one word, two syllables. Which are they? Edit. <laughs> All right, next one comes from Jonathan. It's pronounced Honathan. Do you want to know what he said? Or do you want to skip his? Why don't we skip Jonathan's email again? Okay. He says music for J. Oh, I'm this one is. Sorry. Yeah. Um,. He wants. He says he wants you to read this one. Actually, oh, okay, that's fine. Let's see. As long as he doesn't try to bully me again, I'm still going through therapy right now. It's really expensive. Well, get ready to uh, add on to. Oh, wow, that's not going to work. Marvin, you're supposed to protect me. Uh, let's see here. Nathan says, "Let's talk about the music of Chrono Trigger." Last month, I went and saw a concert where Chrono Trigger was honored. Uh, while the idea of joining a bunch of like minds to witness the reimaging of some of the most iconic video game music of all time was cool, it wasn't quite all what I thought it would be. I wanted to see a full orchestra, whereas this was more of a group of 12 people trying their best, but ultimately it seemed more like a college tribute band hmm. than a professional orchestra. Ouch. That's a yeah, tough comparison. It is an ouch. Um, but that's okay. Since then, I've, list- I've seen Lindsay Sterling in concert, and she made 
made up for it all. She is incredibly talented. I still can't, I still listen to some of her music. I don't oh, know she who is, that, who's this? Oh, she's like a she's she's a musician. She is amazing at the violin. Like it's it's crazy. Is she, is she like a video game yeah. person or just like her violin? Uh, like not that I know. If she just does music. So it, it's, it, not, it's not like a, it's not like a game soundtrack person. Like this is a real. No, no. Okay. She just. I, I, what's interesting? I don't think there's any vocals in her music. I think it's just. She's very, very good. Um, he was on to say, but let's not, let's not stop there. At work, I had the opportunity to listen to a lot of music. It started with some RPG music and then DK Country nice. and, so, and other favorites. That's awesome. Then I st- see that's kind of interesting to me. If I listen to the DK soundtrack, I don't know if that would motivate me to work harder or not work at all. I'm trying to <laughs> trying to feel in my brain where I would be after that. When I used to, when I used to you know work like in a tradi- like in a typical work environment, I had to be listening to something all the time, whether it was music or podcasts oh, or whatever. To be honest with you, I'm right there with you. Seriously, I yeah. listen to music all day, and it drives me nuts because people interrupt me and like they'll like, oh, <laughs> why are you listening to music all the time? It's like this makes this so much easier. Like I yeah. love 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 listening to music, and there's so much music available. It's just yeah, <laughs> yeah there's a lot of music out there. Oh yeah. Uh, let's see. He says, um, then I stumbled upon it. The greatest Chrono Trigger mashup remix YouTube video I've se- I've ever come across. Oh, damn. For those of you curious, it is called Chrono Break, and it was uploaded by Lotus T. Uh, for you two, here's the link. All right, I think I, sw- I guess we gotta listen to it. Let's 42 minutes long, you can see it. Holy shit. Well, I love the art. Oh damn! Yeah, that is cool. Oh, that it is cool. Picks it up. I want him to link us to frogs <laughs> thing. You you would frogs theme? Uh, where? I don't know. Maybe it's on. No, I don't think it. It looks like there's not a uh, version. It don't look like they have that on here. I'm sure if you asked him to, he would. Like I'm being serious. No, no, no. I'm saying no, but I'm saying like. In the if you expand the description, it, it looks like it's got all the ver- different. Gotcha. It's got like timestamps for everything. I don't think I don't see frogs theme on here. Gotcha, gotcha. Anyway, all right. Sorry, I'll continue on. Um, so actually, I just want to. I, I actually do listen to a lot of uh, game music on YouTube as well. It's it's a really great resource because people will upload things and then when they get banned for it, they will upload it again. <laughs> YouTube people are, are the real MVPs. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he goes on to say, I listen to it almost every day now. Uh, matter, of, matter of fact, I've put uh, a timestamp in the link. Can you click on the link and listen to it? Oh, let me see. I think he put One it One step ahead minutes. of you. No, we, yeah, yeah, we, we need to go to... That's what we do. No, no. I think he wanted... It's supposed to be... Mine didn't go to 42 minutes. Mine went to 42 seconds. I chopped off the end. Uh, mine went to... Mine went to 42 minutes. Wow, this is such a variety of music. That's crazy. How did you just go to 42 seconds? Because I cut off the M at the end. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah, I guess if you don't put a val- if you don't put the M, it just goes to seconds. That's actually really cool. This is actually super cool. This is the open world music. I actually love the open world music in Chrono Trigger. Or excuse me, Chrono, Chrono Trigger. Yeah, Chrono Trigger. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, uh, Jonathan says, "Let's see. Um, it is." It is the most incredible chrono, chrono Cross high I've ever felt. Give it about 60 seconds of your time, and I promise you won't regret it. For the li- listeners who are curious, the timestamp is, is 
excuse me, the timestamp in 42 minutes into the video. I'll be curious to hear if any of you other listeners enjoy the mix and if they know of any other classic game mixes out there that they recommend. Um, there's, I, I will say, Final Fantasy X is one of my favorite soundtracks of all time, um, like gaming and non-gaming. I, I've listened to it probably a thousand times. There are a lot of really, you can just YouTube different remixes and just kind of sit around. People have done some pretty creative things um, if you are a fan of the soundtrack. Um, he goes on to say, there's another pretty cool video called Xenocross that is a nice mashup, mashup too. It mixes up some Chrono Cross and Xenogears music, which hopefully was something Rob got to listen to. Oh, excuse me. Uh, which hopefully was something Rob got to listen, enjoy? Listen, enjoy, I guess. Okay. Listen, or, uh, well, listen and enjoy? Hand. Listen or enjoy? I don't know. I think you left out a word speak. somewhere. Anyway, yeah, I, I thought, I didn't think it was, you know, Chrono Trigger level or Final Fantasy VI level or anything like that, but it was, but Xenogears did have good music, yeah. Uh, Jonathan goes on to say, apparently these remixes are a real thing. Um, if you look up OC Remix on YouTube, there are literally thousands of videos that pay tributes to classic like DK, Mega Man, and Chrono Trigger. Maybe this is all common news and I'm just late to the party. Are you guys aware of anything existing like this? Yeah, uh, I, I, I definitely I listen to YouTube a lot at work, so I've sifted around and found some pretty cool uh, different types of music, but I only really look for specific games that I already like the soundtracks of so that you know, I know the remixes. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I wouldn't call these remixes so much, but I mean, I've talked about them plenty, and we've had them on the podcast several times, which is extra lives, and they just do straight covers of uh of of classic gaming music, and uh, I, I it's not remixes because they don't really put a new spin on it or anything. They really just cover them pretty faithfully to how the original sound, and they are they they are my favorite. Video game like cover band, they are, they are, yeah, they are, really they're really good. Talented. They're undeniably talented. It's, yeah. it's actually crazy. They really are. Uh, Jonathan closes with PS. I wanted to, I wanted to know, Jay, that it is evident that you are trying. Thank you, Jonathan. <laughs> he says, PSS, and you are doing much better than Rob's attempt to stop saying, like, oh, wait, what are you doing better at? What are you doing that's better? Was it? Jonathan was the one who was critical of me reading emails, was he not? Oh, right. That you're like you're a shit person, basically. Yeah, he told me that I should just end it. That's that's what he said last time, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's how it works. Okay. Thank Get you, Jonathan. Job. Oh, the next one's from Jonathan. Damn, he. I just want to say, all right, this one said, Rob, this one's for you to read. And he wrote me, mine's about twice as long as yours. I'm just throwing that out there. As, as expected. And <laughs> an interesting quest. I saw Night Trap on sale on the Nintendo eShop and instantly thought of you, Rob. I would highly recommend trying a game called Yuko's Island Express on the Switch. It is an exploration-slash-progression game that incorporates pinball into a Metroid-type game. It's a good bit of fun, and I use it to break up the long hours of Hollow Knight gameplay I've been pouring into. <laughs> I decided to get cartridges, but uh, I have pl- actually I have seen Yoku's Island Express, and I've even played the demo. And it is a really, really, really cool and creative idea for a game. I and it is a good game, but I, I just didn't really get sucked into it. I think it's just just not my type of game, but it is it is a really cool game. I, I would definitely recommend people check it out. Um, let's see. I decided to get cartridges for all the big expansive games like Mario and Zelda, and to download the others like indie games. I also got risk. Yeah, because I think it was, I guess it was Jonathan that was asking us if we were prefer um cartridges or, or downloading oh yeah yeah 
I also got uh, Risk of Rain. Ooh, nice. Shit. For the PS4, per Rob's recommendation, it too was a good bit of fun. I would also recommend that you don't let Horizon Zero Dawn slip too far away from your list of to-dos. It is one of the few open-world action-adventure games that I didn't lose interest in after about 15 hours of gameplay. I've heard incredible things about that game. My my old roommate is a huge fan of it. I have heard really incredible things as well. And yeah, I re- I really don't think, Jonathan, I really don't think this is one that I'm going to let slip. I, after I finish, after, whenever I finally finish Metal Gear Solid 5, this is kind of, this is probably the next one I'll get for PS4 after that. Um, and it's not too long. A lot of these types of games have so many side quests and, and optional storylines that the game gets convoluted. In other gaming news, I just found out that the original Anamusha is going to get repolished and re-released for the <laughs> we PS4. We were just talking about yep. this. He just learned about it from listening to our podcast, Jay. Of course he did, nerd. It's not quite the si- it's not quite the sequel I wanted, but this might actually be better. The best one was the first one anyway, IMO. Now I can relive it and see what other things the developers might have ideas for. Who knows, it might get a sequel one day. Unfortunately, it is announced at a time that it seems every studio is releasing a Samurai vs. Demons game, lol, but this was one of the first. If you haven't heard of Biomutant, check out that one too. Gaming really is surpassing other media and it isn't slowing down. Simon, I did it. Quest was spelled... <laughs> I remember this quest? He wanted us to come... She wanted him to count how many times we said oh, quest. Oh, yeah. Quest was spoken 84 times. Actually, Gosh. have you guys started... That's actually surprising to me. Have you guys started playing the game? I'm having a really tough time making headway in it. I had dialogue with the townspeople and can't figure out how to perform an action. So, in other words, I went out and fought an orc and won, but was heavily damaged. When I go back to the inn, I can ask about food, but I don't know how to choose food... And for some reason, tutorials are hard to come by. Anyway, I figured I'd ask since I won't make it very far without figuring out how to heal. <laughs> again, it also has to compete with Hollow Knight and Octopath Traveler, both utterly amazing games. But we can talk more about that later. Jonathan, I yes, I do know how to actually buy food. When you uh, go to the inn and you, um, if you sit at the table, which actually is not as easy to do as it should be. So, you know, there's that one main guy that you can talk to. And I don't know if you figured out how to sit at the table, but it has to be, I think, the one that's, like, at the bottom right of the screen because all the other ones will say, like, oh, I don't want to sit here, something like that. But you use the hand, like, the the hand icon uh, thing and click on, like, the a seat at the bottom right table on the screen. Then he will sit down. And then the, uh, oh, oh, a person come like a like cat woman basically comes out and she's your waitress and she'll talk to you about whatever you may have talked to her already. I'm not sure, but the way you actually buy food from her is not actually through talking you when she's up at your table, talking to you, then you go to your inventory, grab your bag of money from the inventory and then click on her with the bag of money. And then, and then it gives you the options of things to actually buy. And that's the same way that you buy anything from like stores and stuff like that in in the game. Instead of talking, you you talk to them to get information, but when you're ready to buy something, you select your your bag of gold from the inventory and then click on the person with the bag of gold. Uh, Yeah, definitely not half as intuitive as it should be. (laughs) Uh, All right, so Jonathan says, all right, let's catch up. Jay, I like ping ping pong too. Oh, shit, are we going to have to have a throwdown? 
I mean, are, are you still you really want me to bully him? Have you still been practicing? Uh, I actually took two weeks, almost three weeks uh, off. That's, but oh, that's I played today. But I played today and it literally dominated. You got it back. Uh, we'll see. You're I'm, I'm getting better. I, I've been watching a lot of videos. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I am really enjoying playing though. It's very fun. How would you rank ping pong um, compared to Advance Wars? In, oh, Advance Wars is way better. Okay. Advance Wars is such a game. Let, let, let's let's just settle that right now. Advance Wars. Is- what about Ping Pong versus Donkey Kong? Oh, definitely Ping. Oh, oh, sorry. I thought you, I was thinking Advance Wars. Uh, I mean, they're both frustrating. Who would win in a contest if it was you playing Donkey Kong against against Jonathan playing Ping Pong? Oh, I have no idea. What? This is so specific. All right, let's catch up. Jay, I like Ping Pong too. In fact, I brought some paddles today so that my friend and I can stop using the busted ones at work. We play about three times a week. I was shocked to hear that Snap was your fir- was your worst game you purchased. Oh, Pokemon Snap. I mean, I know it had its flaws, but there were some really cool mechanics as well. You could use apples to lure the Pokemon into glamour shots. Oh, I do <laughs> Oh, into what shots? Glamour shots. Oh, Jesus. And a special ball would knock them and or agitate them. This could result... I did forget about the berries. That's funny. What's berries? What are berries? Or the, the, sorry, the apples. The, oh, the that apples. Okay. used to lure the Pokemon in. I forgot about that. This could result in seeing Charizard, Gyarados, Dragonite, or all three of the legendaries. They also had a fun game where you, could, where you had to find hidden photos in the environment... And while some things were wonky, it was actually kind of cool back in the day. It wasn't Coliseum cool, but still. Oh, that's a good one. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's what you're talking about? Pokemon Coliseum was really fun. Actually, Game Informer did a quick Let's Play of Snap recently. It was a fun watch to kill some time. I didn't know that. Yeah. Rob, I'm glad you enjoyed Xenogears. No, seriously, to put in 25 hours into anything, I feel like you had to find something good. The story, the music, the mechs, and the battles are great, but you're right. There are some tedious moments in that game, and honestly, Disc 2 is a major letdown. But a quick Google search can tell you all about that. Yeah, I I have heard that a lot. Uh, I enjoyed listening to your AVP, uh, your Alien vs. Predator rant. (laughs) I find it perplexing that someone hasn't attempted a remake. Oh yeah, that is kind of interesting. Well, I take that back. Looks like one came out, oh, okay, in 2010. Interesting. Anyway, it's an idea that should really be explored further as game graphics and mechanics have evolved and and engines out and engines out today could make for an impressive game. And what kind of horse shit didn't let Predator have his iconic over-the-shoulder cannon with the three laser dots? No, you have the weakest shit. <laughs> LOL, lame. Uh, I wonder if AVP... Oh, okay, I'm thinking of AVP 2000. Yeah, there was also AVP 2000, which was a PC game. Um, Alien vs. Predator Classic 2000, I guess. Uh, I think it's called Different Things. Um, which was... Uh, no, this isn't the one I'm thinking of. What's the one that I have on GOG? I think it's like AVP 2000. You have all of them on GOG, let's be real here. <laughs> and it's actually a pretty good multiplayer game. Anyway... Uh, back to, I lost his email. Gone uh, forever. Okay. He said, um, let's see. I about fell out of my chair 
when Charles mentioned the Bible <laughs> Adventures game. <laughs> I don't think I was the only one either. Nope. I've never heard Rob laugh so hard as when he was talking about some of these games. <laughs> I grew up. He must have not heard. Um, I, oh, was, I feel like there was another time I laughed super hard. I think it might have been Blake Ooh. the Hedgehog. Well, Blake <laughs> the Hedgehog, got, that got you really good. <laughs> I grew up with these as well. Wow, he played these also. And what's with baby Jesus being able to drown if you throw him in water? Oh, no. If you're a Bible game, at least make him float. <laughs> yeah, right? He should just like be able to or sleep. The water. He should yeah, just yeah. be able like, to sleep on water. I remember watching someone play a Doom-like Bible game on YouTube, but I didn't play whoa, that whoa, one. Whoa, whoa, whoa. A Doom-like yeah, Bible game? Yeah, I've seen this too. It's actually more like uh, it's more like Wolfenstein. In fact, in fact, I think it might actually be a clone of Wolfenstein. Um, I forget what it's called, but it, I'm sure if you type in Bible Wolfenstein clone. But you are, instead of going around shooting Nazis, you are, I think Noah maybe, I could be wrong about that, and you're shooting a... Um, you have a slingshot and you're like shooting, Jeez. you're shooting like goats. Oh you're shooting like goats that are running around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Super 3d Noah's Ark is what the game is. And it is a Wolfenstein clone where you're Noah going around shooting goats with a uh, slingshot. <laughs> Did we talk about last time how somebody made a doom clone, but you play as Tim Allen from, from home Improvement? No, we have not. The entire map, all the wallpaper is <laughs> Tim Allen. You are Tim Allen. You shoot Tim Allen's. Your gun is a Tim Allen, and the enemies are Tim Allen. <laughs> the fuck! It is. It is so funny. I watched it, and it's so funny because every time you shoot your gun, it, he does the growl. Oh no! From, this is what the ass he does that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Every time, and it's 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 instantly a. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. holy shit. Um. Okay. Let's see. I don't think I was the only blah blah blah. Um. Yeah. The Doom clone or Bible game. I remember watching someone play a um, Doom like Bible game on YouTube, but I didn't play that one. Sorry to hear about sorry sorry to hear about Ryan's loss. It sparked a memory for me. When my grandfather passed, I too was asked to speak at the service. The eerie thing was I had just hit a growth spurt, and with little and with little to wear, the perfect fit. I, and with little to wear, fit perfectly into one of his old suits. Oh wow! Wow. Honestly, though, I wore it with pride, and as hard as it was, all anyone wanted to hear was how great of a man he was. I'm sure you did great as well, Ryan. Yeah, I, I bet. And finally, down to business. With the Smash Ultimate trailer just releasing... Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Some, I'm sure some favorites will make it on the board. Number five. I was totally going to reference Chun-Li's kick here. That is, until Rob spammed it on the last episode... <laughs> So let's. What did I say about Chun Li's kick? I don't remember. Actually, I don't remember that either. I, was I don't just remember to think. spamming talking about her kick. Anyway, uh, so let's see. How about Scorpion's get over here attack? Yeah, there it is. Yeah, there it is. It's iconic and a hell of a lot of fun. Number four, Fight Night Round Three has done a lot for me over the years, but fewer more satisfying than laying a haymaker on my imp- on my opponent that instantly knocks out his HP bar. What's is this a boxing game? I'm not sure, actually. I think this might be a boxing game. Yeah, it is. Uh, number three. The fireball is an obvious move, but I'll throw a kamihamiha all day. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, I'm the, so I'm the one who mentioned extending this list beyond traditional fighting games. Then it dawned on me, in shooters, you still fight to live. In RPGs, you still fight monsters. <laughs> Voila, call me whatever you want. Wow. 
Number two, so now he's going off the he's going off the grid a little bit here. I was gonna say he's off the grid. <laughs> Number two, Master Chief Energy Sword Lunge. Okay, let's go. Oh one. yeah, that's a good one. Talk about satisfaction. I think I used to hold my breath as he drew back and plunged forward deep into my adversary. That's what she said. <laughs> yeah, that is definitely what she said, by the way. Um, I used to... Uh, this this sparked a memory with me. One time on Halo 2, we were playing the... Um, and I'm sure plenty of other people have done this exact same thing or maybe or probably even much better than me but just for me personally this is like a this is an awesome achievement i had in halo 2 we were playing multiplayer with some of my friends and we were playing the one where you where one person gets the skull and it's like whoever holds the skull longest wins or whatever you remember that oh, yeah but yeah. you can't you can't hold a weapon when you have the skull but you can hit people with the skull and i had the skull and i was running around and i killed like three people in a row with the skull while they're all trying to kill me because i have the skull and i was very proud of that Back to uh, back to um, Jonathan's email. Number one, he says, "I mean, come on. There have been some epic, f- some epic fight moves over the years, but few even come close to the Omni Slash, a move so iconic that I won't even reference where it's from." Yeah, actually, I don't know about that one. Okay, I think I might know what he's talking about. Actually, oh, I, wa- I want to from... say. Oh, go ahead. No, no. I want to say. Swickedon three. No, 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 no. It's, um, do you remember Kingdom Hearts when you go to the Coliseum and there's that emo guy there? <laughs> yeah, the emo He's wearing guy. like a cloak. Yeah, yeah, the real emo looking guy. I <laughs> yeah. think, I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he is from the game that he's referencing. I could be wrong, though. <laughs> okay, this says, um, okay, if you <laughs> Google Omni Slash, then it pops up Omni Slash FF7, so you must be right, unfortunately. I'm me, totally kidding. I don't want anybody to actually believe that whatsoever. I'm totally kidding. They don't want you to believe what? I've played Final Fantasy VIII before. <laughs> I can't stop. I can't Wait. stop. <laughs> Hold on. I'm looking at it. But you've never seen Omnislash? It's like... The move is I was too... kidding. The move... No, I've... I mean, I'm, I have seen it because I've played Final Fantasy VII, oh, but, okay. I don't, but I don't remember it. it. It's where a cloud goes off. I think it cuts them like 30-something times. I'm watching and it. if you... It can do like crazy amount of damage i'm watching it and the move is like two minutes long on here yeah. okay now he's no wait, oh, right, it's only 15 times. now he's actually now he's actually doing the move it's only 15 wow it, i remember it being like 30 times he, he attacks 15 times let's see it's cloud versus sephiroth without, without a shirt yeah that's the fun, well careful spoilers that's the very end of the game don't if you have not played final fantasy 7 you're probably going to ignore anything robert says for the next spoilers that he takes his shirt off no, that's that's literally the final scene of the game. Yeah, but I'm the, saying, who cares that they know if he no, takes no, his I'm shirt off? No, I'm saying I wasn't sure what you were going to say after that. Oh no, no, you, I'm just no, well, that was all I was saying. Okay, I yeah, I kind of remember this, but it didn't really stand out to me. I mean, I oh, I yeah. love that. Are you kidding? It, it's no, that's it's such cool. a it does a shitload of damage. That's that's cool. Yeah, I think I'm lagging. Okay, I, I'm going to say spoilers for the next sixty seconds. What is so cool about that ability in that specific moment is you have been literally chasing Sephiroth the entire game trying to kill him. You finally get him into this final scene, and you you go into the, the fight 1v1. He's shirtless, which is great. And then you automatically have your limit break with Omnislash. And for me, the first time I played through the game, I didn't have Omnislash. I didn't get it. So for me to see this new limit, I was like, oh, shit, that's awesome. So I used it, and then I was like, oh, my God, that's so cool. And I was like, did that kill him? Did that kill him? Uh, Dude, spoilers. Classic. 
I didn't say. I literally said spoilers for the next sixty seconds. I said ahead of time. So. Yeah, but was it really? Did you really have to? I would hope so. Was I mean, it... I would not want to spoil Final Fantasy VII for anyone who hasn't played it yet. Everybody deserves to play that game. Spoilers. Jonathan says later, dudes. Thanks, bro. Thanks, bro. Thanks, bro. Next up is Samuel. Three S's? Uh, yeah, three S's three and three X's. He says, uh, the subject line is, this email may or may not make sense seeing as how I've been sick for the past four days. Damn. Oh, I'm so sorry, Samuel. I hope you're feeling a lot better. Seriously. Holy crap. There you go. This is all you. People trying to get sick. All right. Uh, Samuel says, all snap. It's time for another classic gaming podcast email section. Hell yes. Oh, yeah. Hope you guys have been well the past few weeks. I have two questions for you this time since I'm skipping episodes top five seeing as how i've i've basically played all of two fighting games in my life i was sort of there with you sam uh so my answers would be very uninteresting bring it on chase um sam says first question what are your thoughts on buying games on multiple platforms go ahead roberto um let's 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 hold on let's go ahead and read the rest of this paragraph see if there's anything else to elaborate on here okay uh, he says, I recently gave in and bought a Switch. Oh, shit. On sale. Okay, dude, even if it wasn't on sale, that's a great buy. I yeah. think that's, I'm actually strongly considering it. I'm wondering where he found a Switch on sale. So I was like, why the hell would they put it on sale? Those things are selling so well. Anyways. Um, and I've been thinking about rebuying a few games for the sole reason of portability. I realize it's probably it probably sounds incredibly silly, not to mention wasteful, money-wise, to buy a game I already own just so I could play it whilst uh, away from my computer. But I'm honestly considering on doing it a few games. Real, uh, stop there and talk? Or? Um, that's it, or? Keep on going, keep on going. Okay. And then we'll do uh, realistically, I don't need any more games for the Switch right now since I bought Breath of the Wild and Super Mario Odyssey. Those are like the two games I want to play. Those are the two games I'm really yeah. to play myself. Um, which should be enough gaming for the next six months. But I'm curious how some games play on the Switch as opposed Okay. Um, what do you think? What are your thoughts on buying uh, games on multiple platforms? I've, I've done it before. Um, I've bought when they do... I've, pur- I've purchased some games a couple times, but generally speaking, I avoid as much as possible. But I I don't have a Switch yet, so I can't really comment on the last portion of this. Um, I really don't buy games on multiple platforms because not not that I don't think there's a reason to because, yeah, if there's a game that you really love and you have it on PC, then, you know, if you also want to have it on something a little bit more portable or something that you can sit on your couch and play instead, then, yeah, it makes sense. However, the thing for me that keeps me from doing that is that there's always something else that I want to play, that I want to try out also. So for me, like, if I'm like, yeah, I need another game, I need something new to play on my Switch, even if there's a game that I really, really love that's available on Switch, normally I want to try something new instead, or basically 100% of the time. I always want to be like, yeah, you know, I could buy this or that game. Because, Like, for instance, Into the Breach is a really good game that I have on PC that just came out on Switch. I think that would be a really cool Switch game. But there's there are other games that I haven't played that I would like to try. Um, even if I don't end up liking them as much, I would just... You know, I, I like to explore 
more and I like to, you know, try new stuff to, you know, just to kind sure. of discover new games and that kind of stuff. So yeah, I always just, instead of rebuying a game, I always just go for something new. Cool. Yeah. Uh, second question. What are your thoughts on new games for old hardware? By this, I mean game developers in the present day making games for retro consoles. I saw Kickstarter for a game called Micromages, which is a game that runs on an actual uh, NES. And I thought it looked cool enough to back. So I'm curious what you guys think of this concept. Interesting. What are your thoughts on new games for old hardware? Have you seen this? Yeah, I've seen I've seen uh, some people do this. Um, I haven't, actually. I've never played any of them. I just... I don't have anything against them. I don't, you know, see a problem with it or anything. Sure. But um, I just... for I, A lot of these just don't... There are two things. A lot of these don't, like, cross my radar, basically. And I just don't hear of them. But the ones I do hear of them, I'm usually like, oh, yeah, that's kind of a cool idea. But then I just... For whatever reason, I just don't find myself that interested in them. Usually for me, like, you know, as much as I love classic games, um, a lot of the time when I'm playing them, I'm playing them with a, and definitely not all the time, but a lot of the time when I play them, I'm doing so in a historical mindset to see like, oh yeah, I remember how these games were, or, oh yeah, let's go back and see how games were back then. Um, it's not that I expect them to be as good as modern day games. Now, clearly there are some classic games that hold up extremely well that I would put on par with modern day games. But, uh, a lot of the time it's not so much that I expect them to be as good as games nowadays. It's, it's more that it's like part of it's nostalgia and part of it's like, oh, I never played this game when it first came out. I really want to see what this is all about. And then sometimes it's like, damn, this game really is good and it holds up today. So when you're talking about, I guess my point is, I'm kind of meandering there, but my point is games for uh, older consoles, even if it's a newer game, it's not going to, a lot of the time, it's not going to have the capacity to do what games do nowadays. So if I'm playing something new, I want to play something that's taking advantage of all of the technological capabilities we have now. Not necessarily graphics, but just the ability to you know, put more content in a game, add more complexity to it and things like that. Uh, if I'm playing something that's on an older console, it's going to be because, you know, I'm discovering something that I missed when I was younger or or revisiting something like that. So I guess a very long-winded way of saying that, no, I just haven't really found myself too interested in these games. Uh, so Sam goes on to say, I think it's uh, potentially very interesting to see how modern developers can squeeze every last bit of processing power that classic consoles have, pushing the graphics and sounds to their limits. As long as the as long as the games don't rely too heavily on copious references to old games and pop culture, that is. Um, Sam says, okay, I think I'm done for this episode. I should really get to playing Quest for Glory, seeing as how it's already September. And oh my God, how is it already September? I literally asked myself this. So many times this week, I was sitting at work and I'm just like, how is it already September? And then I remember that was offered to me. So I was like, oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, he says, hope you guys have a great whatever time of day slash night it is for you. And then he says, Samuel. He just closes it out with Samuel. All right. Thank you, Samuel. Yeah, thank you as always. Mucho appreciado. Uh, we got two more coming in hot. Oh, yes. Next one is from Chase the Night Cleaner. He says, uh, hello, gentlemen, Chase the Night Cleaner here with a down-to-the-wire email. Here's a top five. Number five, 
Jigglypuff Sleep KO Attack from oh, Smash Brothers. Oh, wow. What is this? Which one does this do? What? what? This do? You don't know about this? Oh, oh. man. In, in the pro scene, there's a player who only plays Jigglypuff, and people, when he plays, people literally talk shit about him in chat the entire time. Because Jigglypuff has this ability where she plays her, her Jigglypuff song from the Pokemon show, or watch Pokemon show, and it puts your opponent to sleep so that you, you get a free. Or, I'm sorry, it doesn't put them to sleep. It one shots them, it knocks them completely off the stage if <laughs> they land it. If they fail, they fall asleep, and you get to deal a bunch of damage to them. How, wait, so if you, how, is this, how is this fair? Yeah, right? And here's the bullshit part. So let's say you're up one stock. You could literally just sack your stock and get them, right? They they are down a stock, so you can take the risk. What's a stock? You can, uh, a life, sorry. Okay. People call them stocks. And, and, uh, so it automatically knocks them off when you use it? Yep. Yep. If you hit them with it. How, it's, oh, not, how, it's not a super easy thing to hit it? them with. How do you Is it like a it? projectile? You press down B and she literally falls asleep. And if you're in the way of when she's coming down, you <laughs> I'm dead serious. You think no, I'm not dead serious? No, that's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. funny. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Just saying. That is a good one. Uh, number four, Scorpion Harpoon. Get over here. Number Original. three, Dragon Punch. <laughs> of course. Number two, Kamihami Hamiha. Of course. <laughs> I said it too many Hamis, didn't I? No, you didn't. I didn't, I didn't you got it just right. Kamehameha. Kamehameha? Number one, Vega's cage slash wall jump with flip grab finish. Yeah, that was a good one too. Uh, also, StarCraft 2 still holds up, but the new expansion for WoW has me really underwhelmed and kind of tired of the game. On what, sir? I cut out. Wow. No, what about it, sir? Oh, he says, the new expansion for WoW has me really underwhelmed and kind of tired of the God, game. It cut out again, right as you said. You said the new expansion for WoW has him what? Really underwhelmed. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a good response. I just wanted. I was just curious what his opinion is. Yeah. I've been asking everybody who's playing right now just kind of their thoughts. Yeah. So I, I have a very jaded perspective, so I'm just trying to make sure that it's a, a realistic perspective. And so far, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. I should have wrote this last week. Sorry it is short. You all keep doing you, and thanks for the great show. Chase the Night Cleaner. Thanks, Chase. Yeah, thank you, Chase. Awesome. Oh, we got one more. We got another one from Chase. Last last email. Chase says... He usually does that, doesn't he? No, I don't think so. Uh-huh. Okay. He says, uh, I forgot a question of the day. Quick question of the day. If you could play a Nintendo Switch game right now, what, what would it be? Odyssey. The system is Without getting... Question, Odyssey. Odyssey, really? Yeah, I haven't played it yet. And the game looks insane. I've heard, like, it's life-changing. It's supposed to be so fun to play. Jeez, if I could That's play something... Lot. Right now, uh, or maybe Smash Brothers. <laughs> if I could, pl- <laughs> if yeah, 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 Smash Brothers would be my number one choice. Um, but if it has to be something that has that's out, I would probably say there's a new uh, indie game that just just came out. I want to say like Thursday, called um, and maybe it was a little bit before that, but it it might have been like a week ago Thursday. Anyway, it called it's called uh, The Messenger, and I. Know very little about it because I know there's supposedly something kind of spoilery that happens and changes the game uh, a little ways in, but it is uh, it basically looks just like Ninja Gaiden. It looks like an NES game, and it looks very similar to the NES Ninja Gaiden, and it's made by um, uh, Devolver Digital, which have made a ton of awesome indie games. Uh, they made Hotline Miami. They made. Uh, what are their other like big games that they've? I gotta look it up now, just because I'm um, gonna kick myself if I can't think of anything else. 
Uh, do what are their what are their main ones? Anyway, they've made they they've they've made some awesome games, and uh, so the messenger is their is their recent one, and uh, it's supposed to be very 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 good. So I would like to play that. So that's probably what I would go with. Is it? Hold on. Now I got to make sure it's actually even them. Yeah, yeah, okay. They're not the they they're the publisher, but they're not the developer. So halfway got it right. Anyway, my answer is the messenger. <laughs> Long story short. Long story short, as is often the case with me. Uh, and for you, it's it's a Mario Odyssey. Oh, for sure, Odyssey. He says the system is getting some solid indie support right now. Yeah, it definitely is. It really has been honestly pretty getting getting pretty good uh, indie support all along ever since it's come out but especially lately it is really getting a lot of indie stuff all right thank you again chase jay i think that wraps up our emails let's jump in real quick to current gaming subcast i think i've talked a little bit i'll, I'll kind of do mine first i mean i'll talk a little bit about the new wax match that's pretty much what i've been investing most of my time in right now yeah. um for everybody who hasn't played it yet and is thinking about it if you enjoyed Legion and you want to play Legion 2.0, here's your chance. Much. Bottom line, if you haven't played Legion, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to compare it to. It's, That's another uh, expansion? Yeah, that was the, the expansion prior to this one. Um, it's the same old thing that they've been doing. A lot of, oh, these open world quests, these repeated daily quests that are mind-numbingly boring and required <laughs> at a certain point if you really want to be at the top level of your progression, which is so disappointing. Um, on top of that, they, these world quests are just so stupid, but they added um, they added a thing called war mode, and it, they got rid of the PvP, the old PvP system, which was kind of a cool idea in my eyes. I was kind of curious to see what to do. So war mode, when it's on, you get uh, you get some extra abilities that are good in PvP. You get ten percent bonus experience, and on top of that, you can kill other players that are in war mode. I thought this would be really fun. The only problem is um, on my server in particular, there's a lot of one faction and not the other. So I had to turn it off. I wasn't actually PvPing. All it was was just me walking around and getting plundered anywhere I went. Um, so I had to turn it off, which was kind of disappointing. And yeah, I mean, so far it's the same thing. It's no, it doesn't feel like they really took any innovation with this. It feels like they are huh. taking the World of Warcraft story and they're using it to drag this dead horse along. Um, yeah, it's it's really sad. I really hope that they tie off the story here so that I can stop time into the game because i really want to see how they tie off the story but i think we have at least one more expansion before they'll tie it off just because money even as someone who hasn't really touched wow I, it's, it does seem kind of like to me like they would probably it seems like based just on the general interest that people have and i can see like one more expansion coming oh for sounds, sure like, like the like amount money. of the amount of money alone that they make <laughs> right it's it's just a motivational factor for them yeah, it's a motivational poster for them. Oh, it's so frustrating. I just, I'm excited for BlizzCon this year. I really want to see what they're working on. I want to know what they're doing, and I want to hear the release date. Do you want to hear? Um... Use your words. You got this. How about how about what band they're going to have play at BlizzCon? What would be the most outrageous band they could have? The most non-fitting band. 
Oh, what would be crazy funny? Um, Katy Perry would be good. <laughs> but it might fit. I mean, there are a lot of girls that go to BlizzCon now, and they do a lot of. Uh, they have a lot of different stuff at the events that, that attract pretty much everybody. It attracts. It's geared well, towards a, a pretty broad audience now. Girls or not, I don't think that's really the point, though. I think, like, what? Oh, you're talking about? What do you mean? No, I'm saying like I don't think that makes a difference. Like, doesn't seem like Katy Perry would be a very fitting yeah, choice for a WoW con- or you know a Blizzard convention. <laughs> like, what? What's what is the relevance uh, there? What is your pick for the most absurd? I was trying to think because I couldn't really think of something. The only, the only, like, this is even stupider than I was trying to get. But like, the only thing I can think is like a country music singer. Oh gosh, don't even joke. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I don't. There's not a lot of music that I dislike because you know, everybody has their taste. Country music does something bad to me. I'm sorry. I'm with you on that one, though. I am sorry also, but I feel the exact same way. Yeah, it's. I, I, I've, I've not found country music that I like personally. There's like some of the classic country music I, I like, especially like some Johnny Cash and stuff like that. But um, that I can't get. Oh, that's interesting. I guess that it would be categorized. Man, I, I guess I never really put a label on Johnny Cash, but yeah, I guess that's true. But like, you know, like pop country, like modern day country, I cannot, I, just, I can't even deal. Yeah. But, but that's like, yeah. what, that's all my wife listens to pretty much. And I just really? I can't, yeah, and I just can't handle it. Um, but she can't handle my music either, so we're even. Aw, snap. All that heavy, whatever you listen to. I don't know where you're going with this. I don't either. Where are you going with this? <laughs> it sounds like you're about to make a joke, but I'm not sure what joke. Nope. We got nothing. Anything else you've been playing? No, I've been playing, playing a good amount of Hearthstone again. Blizzard, the last thing. Oh, shit, sure. really? Yeah, they did a really good job. I'm actually really impressed with uh, what they've done so far. I think they did a good job on balance. The game's really interesting again. It, it goes through cycles like this. I'm sure in a couple weeks I'll be complaining, but it, it's pretty good now. I'm enjoying it. Cool. Uh, I played... I, 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 I finished... I don't know if I mentioned that I was playing this before or not. I don't think I did. But anyway, I played and finished uh, Banner Saga 2, which was awesome. I... Played Banner Saga 1 when it came out, and then I uh, never got around to playing Banner Saga 2. And then Banner Saga 3 just recently came out, so I wanted to go back and play the whole thing so I could play Banner Saga 3 and remember what the fuck's going on. So I started all over again, played Banner Saga 1 a few months ago, and then um, I just finished Banner Saga 2 for the first time. And I love Banner Saga 1. Banner Saga 2 is just as good. It's, it's, it's more of the same. It's really, it's basically the exact, there are a couple very minor differences, but it is more or less the exact same game just with the story continued. It's like a three part story. So, uh, it was planned all along for there to be three of them. Again, really no difference in the gameplay. It just continues on the story. And so, uh, yeah, and it, and they did a fantastic job with this one as well. Again, just as good as Banner Saga one. So I'm really looking forward to uh, playing three soon and seeing how uh, how the story ends, how the series finishes, and all that. It is a uh, it's a strategy slash adventure game. So there are so a lot of the game you're like um, leading this band of people through uh, <clears throat> basically across the world, more or less. It's kind of a, uh, it's got like a, like a heavy, like Norse slash Viking feel. And it's a, it's, it's a, it's a fantasy game. So there's magic and stuff like that. There's giants as well. 
who you're traveling with, and it's basically the end of the world. And there are these mechanical creatures kind of coming out of the woods out of nowhere. Nobody understands like what they're trying to do or really, you know, how they originated or anything. Um, they are kind of similar to how a lot of uh, zombie fiction treats zombies. So it's kind of like this world's version of zombies, more or less. And uh, you're sort of trying to escape them, trying to figure out like what you might be able to do about like the end of the world, uh, about the end of the world. There's all this other stuff happening. And uh, again, you're leading like this, essentially a, a band of humans, people who have, who are coming with you as well as some of these giants who are with you as well. Basically just trying to survive, trying to get to different parts, different cities and stuff to see if you can like, you know, basically see if you can kind of hold up there and protect your people for a while and just survive a little bit longer and whatnot. And then, um, and so what the way the game plays out is as you're going along in this adventure, like things will happen. You kind of have to make decisions on what to do. It's like, Oh, Hey, we met a, uh, we came across this group of people here and they're like begging for food. What, what should we do? It's like, well, do we ignore them and just keep the food for ourselves or do we invite them to join us or do we like give them a little bit of food to move on? Things like that. And then it's like, Oh, uh, you know, this person's causing trouble. They, they got caught stealing food from somebody or something like that. It's like, so what are you going to do? Are you going to, uh, just, you know, tell them not to do it again? Or are you going to kick them out of your, of your, of your, of your band or, you know, of your tribe or whatever it is. And just like make them go off and fend for themselves. Or are you going to kill them? Things like that. And then the way, and then when you get in battle, when you're fighting against the, the dredge or what they're called, these, these kind of like pseudo mechanical beings. It's it's basically like a tactics game, where it's uh it's you obviously your your party versus their party and you <clears throat> you pick uh you know you have like various points of the game you might have anywhere from like six to ten or twelve uh, fighters and you can pick I think like five or six in each uh, individual battle who who you want to have and uh, you know you kind of want to stagger the ones that you pick because you know the you get certain guys that might level up and, but then if one of them gets like knocked out in a battle, then they are, you can use them later before they rest, but they're much weaker. So typically you want to save like some of your good guys so that if, you know, someone gets knocked out, then you still have other good people kind of like pinch hitters more or less that you can throw in during another battle. Um, the, 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 all of it is so good. The, the, the story is, is amazing. The, the 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 choices that you have to make and the kind of like the more adventure gamey parts of it are 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 really kind of compelling and it's like really tough choices where it's like oh shit what I, what 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 should I do in this case um and then the uh the 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 battle parts are also really really fun they 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 really handle that stuff well and also just like the art is amazing in this game it all is feels so well drawn it is, uh, I just love everything about this series. So I just finished the second one. Like I said, it is just as good as the first one. And I hope to get to the uh, third one very soon. Cool. Yeah. I highly recommend it. If you haven't played the series, you know, definitely start with the first one because it is an ongoing story, but I highly recommend everybody give it a shot. And I think that does it for this episode of the classic gaming podcast. Once again, Final reminder that you'll ever have that our next game of the quarter is going to be discussed on the next episode, our or our current game of the quarter, rather. So the game of the quarter, once again, is Quest for Glory. We will be talking about that on the next episode, which we are recording 
on September 21st. So if you are playing that along with us, make sure you write in your thought. If you want to discuss it with us, make sure you write in your thoughts um, and get it in before the 21st. Um, Aside from that, be sure to leave us amazing reviews on iTunes. That helps us out a lot. Huh? What's that? I said obviously. Sorry. Yeah, obviously. Um, Tell all your friends to listen to us. Send us emails, mail at classicgamingpodcast.com about whatever you want. If you want to do, uh, you know, obviously about Quest for Glory, if you want to talk about that, if you want to give us your top five. You want to talk again, shit to us? Our top five is video games, our five favorite video game store memories. If you want to talk shit to us, that's cool too. Um, you yeah, won't. Yeah. Yeah. Dare exactly. to send us an email, you won't. Follow us, on, follow us at Class Gamescast. I am at King Octavius. And Jay, if you don't have anything I'm a, else. I'm a hermit. Yeah. You got something? You're a hermit? Oh, is that? I'm a social media hermit. Oh, yeah. Jay is a social media hermit. That's true. And I believe that's it. Unless you have anything else to add, Jay, I will tell our dear listeners to see us in two weeks. Wonderful. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you all. <laughs>